This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, here we go. So everybody, uh, here we are. Welcome to episode number 37. Uh, we just had our fair share of gremlins just trying to start the thing. And then on top of that, uh, Lola is going to be here. She's not right now, but she will be. Um, Gus, our one-year-old, is having a hard time going to sleep tonight. And we're not just going to tell Austin, like, hey, can you just wait for our baby to stop crying? And so we're, we're going to keep rolling. She's going to come back out. And uh, I guess I just accidentally let the cat out of the bag. Um, Austin Felix is on the show tonight, which is super exciting. Dude is a stick. He's won at basically every level of bass fishing, uh, and he's sort of um, a local. So we're really, really pumped to have him on the show. And uh, this is a, an interesting episode, number 37, because why, Nate? Well, this is our post-Christmas episode. So yeah. this, this episode uh, is going to be available for all the ears yeah right after christmas so and the eyes and the eyes yes yes yeah. on the, on the youtube as well so, uh, <laughs> so so this is the dorkiest thing ever like okay so as this is coming out it's coming out on like december 26th but we're actually recording it today like a week before and so like we're usually uh not this far out like usually we're just flying by the seat of our pants and we're recording something like putting it out the next day but we actually have a couple lined up and so what we're gonna do 
because in podcast world, it's Christmas, post-Christmas. In real world, it's pre-Christmas. Let's just pretend. Let's be dorks, all right? Let's pretend like uh, we actually had Christmas, even though we didn't. So, Nate, how was your Christmas? Did you get everything you wanted? Did your kids like their gifts? Yeah, the kids The kids always love every single toy that they get. Uh, <laughs> Did they like what you got them this year specifically? Specifically, they, 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 yes, they did and will and most likely will uh, be super stoked. Yeah. No, for sure, though, they're, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to be, uh, be thrilled. They, they always are. My kids luckily are super appreciative. They're surprisingly really good. So, um, surprisingly really good. What does that mean? I mean, I don't know. Do you ever feel like, as a dad, do you ever feel like you, you get, so like Lola's really good at like sort of like, um, planning out and like spreadsheeting Christmas. Cause you know, we have six kids, uh, Lola and I do. And so it's like, we can't just go completely crazy or we go broke. And so like, she'll be yeah. real like intentional and strategic and like, all right, we're going to get this for this kid and this for this kid. And then like the week before I'll see something like at work or whatever. And I'll be like, Oh, I should get them that. And I should get them this. Yeah. And I want to throw more. Yeah. Is it really easy for you to like get too much crap for your kids? absolutely yeah oh yeah gosh. probably even easier than you with you know with only having two so yeah you know, anytime like you're saying you walk by something that you think they're gonna you know they like or enjoy yeah. or appreciate and it's like ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah i might as well get that yeah exactly yeah, yeah. So, so now that we're after christmas nate what things did you get for christmas uh, well, I hope I get all the things no, what I did you get? Cause it's, it's already after Christmas. Yeah. Right. You know, I got, yeah, I got, um, <laughs> I got so some nice dumb. stuff, you know, I really, okay, I, I really some, did, you know, yeah, yeah I got some, really some nice, nice items. Yeah. yeah. Uh, probably some underwear. Well, definitely some underwear. The underwear okay. are nice, you know, okay, new good. socks. Yeah. Um, gotta, gotta be Nike cruise. Uh, oh, okay. knows the yeah. deal there. So yeah, you're specific on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. dry fit. So, yeah. okay. Word. I got I got good items as well from my family and friends. Nice, good. Santa squeezed down the wood burning stove pipe and brought me some nice <laughs> items, so that was dope. He did not, though, however, take my dog like I asked him to. I asked him to leave me uh, some good you presents the dog and then the take cookies. Walter. Yeah, I wanted Walter to go with. Um, <laughs> cause, so okay, so this is a totally random like rabbit hole, whatever. Walter. Uh, me and Lola's dog, who is a almost now three-year-old English bulldog, um, just the sweetest, dumbest creature on the face of the earth. He has this new thing he's been doing lately, and I don't know why for the life of me, where if he gets outside, because we'll just kind of let him run around. He's too fat and like slow to like actually take off. He'll just kind of come back. He'll meander back 15 minutes later. But lately, he's been staying outside longer and longer, and we can't figure out like where he is. And then every time, the last three or four times, he's been in the fire pit in the backyard, like eating ashes. Huh. Like, what is wrong with that yeah, thing? That, yeah, that's uh that's like, what, that's a new one. That's that, a new one for me. He'll come back in and like his white part of his face is all gray and black and dirty. Like what the <laughs> the dumbest and you'll be like, Walter, get in here. And he'll just kind of walk in like doo, 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 what what's up? Like he oh my gosh, he's the worst. Anywho, all right, real quick, let's hit him with the uh Nate, hit him with the socials and the uh the YouTubes, and then I'll do the next one. We'll kind of flip. So we're kinda we're kinda shooting from the hip here with no Lola because of Gus, but let's uh let's get after it. I want I want to yeah. get Austin in here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tackle and tacos on everything, as hopefully everybody knows. And and any of our new listeners, uh, tackle and tacos on yeah. Facebook and Instagram, as well as YouTube, where a bunch of our uh, episodes are now, you know, now going up. A lot of the stuff that we've been recording has not only been audio, but been video as well. So that's uh, that's super cool. I, I you know, I, I love that that uh, option, you know, a couple different, you know, diversity i guess you would call it for for yeah. listeners so um you know I'm, I'm definitely stoked about that uh of course tackleandtacos.com where you can yeah. uh get all the tackle and taco merch yeah, which dude. is hat stickers t-shirt yeah. uh hopefully a couple other hats to come so that's i'm still stoked for those uh yeah yeah when when, when those become available so yeah if, if it happens be, uh, yeah no it, it it will it will it will definitely happen so yeah yeah um, check that stuff out Definitely check it out. Uh, all of our stuff airs uh, at you know five a.m. Taco Tuesday. So every every ready. Taco Tuesday, every Taco Tuesday. Yep, five a.m. Uh, yep, we're we're there getting uh, getting them out to you guys as as early as we can, so uh, so you can get to listening. So yeah, um, listen uh, listen on your way to work or watch on lunch break or whatever. But Taco Tuesday, tackling tacos. It's kind of gimmicky, but it kind of works. But um, this episode, like every other episode, is brought to you by the homies at Grizzly Coolers. Um, they make a dope cooler, and specifically, they make a lineup called Kenai K E N A I on social for Facebook and Instagram. For them, it's Kenai Gear. Um, but that stuff was designed specifically for fishing. It's like that's pretty rad. Um, and they just have some really dope colors. Uh, some cool stuff some cool mugs some cool um tumblers and all that kind of stuff and with us being a part of the working class bow hunter podcast network you can use the code wcb at grizzly coolers and get 10 percent off and so like you know grizzly coolers just like yeti or whoever else they're super solid well-made coolers and so they're not super super cheap um yeah so 10% off is like pretty substantial. So make sure you hit that up. Hookandarrowsupply.com. Um, dope hoodies, dope bow shop, dope tackle shop. They also run all the Giltech stuff, so like the Giltech um, marabou fur hair swim jig, or I mean uh, tube jigs, um, the Giltech northern swim jig, the heavy cover swim jig, the Ned heads. Um, all the stuff they make is really like slowly specifically intentionally developed so it swims straight sharp hooks um designed very intentionally like cad drawings everything um hook and arrow supply.com for that uh we already mentioned it but working class bowhunter.com we're honored to be a part of their network of podcasts um they're getting ready i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about this yet but they're getting ready to grow a little bit there. So that's exciting. Um, and then waypoint TV, they, uh, they jumped on right out of the gates. Um, and so you can find all of our podcasts on waypoint TV. I was actually talking to a feller, uh, named Turner today who works at waypoint. He's kind of a big wig there about getting him on the podcast. Cause he's just a cool dude. He loves the outdoors. He loves fishing. Uh, and so that'll be, that'll be super fun. Um, Heck yeah. Let me ask you this, Nate, we were talking about Christmas. Let me go backwards just for a quick second. I just had this sort of thought, with us and Austin as well, living in the Midwest where it's frozen for however many months a year, do you ask for fishing stuff for Christmas or do you not because you're not going to be using it anytime soon? Uh, no, I, I ask for it every, okay. every year. I do too, 100%. but then it's kind of yeah. stupid. It's sort of torture yeah. almost. Yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of like, 
it is definitely like a like torturous, uh, you know, because you can sit and look at it, but not actually yeah. get to use it. Yeah. Uh, but you get to like enjoy its presence. Like it makes you enjoy. feel good knowing you have it. You know what I mean? Enjoy like, its presence. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Like uh, it, it's funny. My uh, my father-in-law, he stops by every every Sunday morning, mm. um, you know, later in the morning. He stops by and, you know, kind of just says hi, whatever. And he came in and he's like, uh, I finally know what I want for Christmas. I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, All right. What, <laughs> Opens what, the door yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He's like, yeah. you know, cause we've been, we've been asking him. He's like, finally know what I want for Christmas. Um, it's, you know, something I've had tons of luck with over the years and I'm running out. I said, Oh yeah. What's more tubes? tubes. You know what? Yeah. yeah. What is no. <laughs> the only uh, thing he throws KBD strike King 1.5s in uh, sexy shad. Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty, what uh, yeah, yes. pretty fundamental, typical. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So are you going to, are you going to go cop some? Yeah, actually I stopped by our little local shop K and K this, uh, you know, this, this afternoon and uh, they didn't have any of the like original sexy shad. So I got like citrus, sexy shad, and chrome, sexy shad. He's going to be so mad. He can help me fire for sure. (laughs) This ain't what I said. (laughs) So I'll order him some originals, uh, you know. Are those still cheap? Are the KVD? I don't. I mean, no diss to to, to no. striking at all. But like, I don't really use a ton of like. I do have some KVD jerk baits that I got that were like on clearance for like three bucks or something. And I, everybody who fishes a square bill has a couple KVD square bills. But like, I haven't oh, bought yeah. them forever. Are they still pretty cheap? No, no, they're not. Oh, they're- <laughs> yeah, they're they're about priced right in range with your typical, you know. 1.5 you know size square bill at like lucky craft because like lucky crafts are like eight nine bucks yeah they're seven eight bucks so okay they're, yeah, so not yeah, they're right super, there not stupid yet. no yeah. no not not crazy um you know but you know they they, they do have some, some they're not like the mega bass like sonic side or <laughs> fx knuckles or like <laughs> right, 25 no, yeah 22.99 or nothing yeah, like yeah. that no okay. so yeah yeah so it was uh it was pretty easy to, to go grab some of those and i'll like i said order them some uh some of the yeah. other ones on I, uh, so to answer my own random stupid question, I always ask for fishing stuff too. And then I'll like bring it out here and like put it in the boat. Uh, or I have a specific like deep Plano box for like new stuff, like where I haven't Mm -hmm. sorted it yet. So I'll put like some stuff in there and I'll go back and the one thing I was really asking, um, Lola for my wife this year, cause you know, it's kind of funny, like when you buy each other stuff for Christmas, because it's all the same right. money or whatever. But anywho, um, I was telling her, like, I really have wanted for a long time uh, a mega bass jerkbait rod. And this year I'm really trying to focus more on like jerkbaiting more because I've always done it. But I usually uh, kind of give it up after the water warms up. And I really want to stick with it this year, like all the year through. I love jerkbaiting and I only have a couple jerkbait rods. And anywho, um, but I'm excited to see it, not just because like. I want to use it, but like mega bass rods just look so good. Like they just won an award yeah. in Japan for design that has nothing to do with fishing, like just a design award because their stuff looks so dope. And we're going to bring Austin in in just a second, but I'm, I'm, I think he is, I hope he is still sponsored by, um, Aris rods, which I don't know anything yeah. about other than the fact that they look so cool. Like they just have some they really, really neat yeah. designs and like they have that one series. It's called like stargate or something like that and it kind of looks like uh the shimano um like the poison adrena rod or whatever that is and the ones where it's like kind of graphite all the way down the butt for like sensitivity yeah um, so i'm pumped to i'm pumped to ask austin about some of that stuff but um nate hit us with this dude's intro and let's uh let's get after it
Uh, I mean, do we? I don't know if we have enough time because it's getting pretty lengthy. As it, he, right. he, he keeps to adding, finish, to you know? it, yeah, he does for sure. So, uh, yeah, so he's not only uh, you know, an elite series angler, uh, as yeah. we've mentioned uh, before, but he also was uh, the college national championship uh, so for the Golden cool. Gophers. Yeah. Um, when he entered into the elite series, he won rookie of the year, uh, you know, which <laughs> that's you know, yeah. and a crazy accolade and in, in that's like the, that's like the um, one thing you can only, you only got one shot at that like you got me, shot, like like yeah, the classic is dope and winning a blue trophy is dope and winning aoy is dope but you got one shot at rookie of the year like that's pretty yeah. legit yep and and i'm pretty sure he like he ran away with that rookie of the year uh that year but uh he's fished, fished 57 uh tournaments with bass he's been in the money 43 times like <laughs> like, it's just just yeah just nuts he's got he's got yeah, a victory on got a victory on Oahe, so he's got him a blue trophy which uh, yeah. i think we'll see in the background of his uh, uh of his screen here when he yeah, comes man. on um you know he fished uh the flw as well where he had countless yeah. top tens i think i think uh, 11 top tens in in flw 11 top tens in bass like the the dude is a fish catcher he's and a uh yeah, an absolute hammer, hammer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so they call this boy, they call this dude the sleepy assassin. I want to call him the Nunite Ninja because that's what we say to Gus when it's time to go to bed. Nunite. So I'm gonna call him the Nunite Ninja. <laughs> I'm gonna call him the Pajama Pants Prince. Ladies and gentlemen, we're so pumped to bring in to you right now the one, the only from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, Austin Felix. Hey, Happy New Year. Hey. <laughs> right, yeah right there <laughs> thanks buddy yeah thank it's uh hey happy valentine's day yeah we don't know what's going on with dates here that's like the it's cool to go live but like we're not and so the dates are all goofed up let me ask you the very first question out of the gates austin um only because i've i've heard some different things on it the sleepy assassin was that a mercer nickname or a zona nickname no that was mercer uh, okay all mercer yeah. All right. I just heard somebody recently or read something that Zona did it, and maybe he just jumped on board with it. Do you think Mercer sits around and comes like at night when he's in his hotel, like during derbies, and like comes up with names for people, or does it just flow to him? What do you think? I mean, I've asked him that a few times, and yeah, ninety percent of the stuff he does seems to be just right off the cuff. Like, okay, whether it's unbelievable or all that yeah. stuff, that it wasn't something that he really thought of in advance. The few times or everything that I talked to him about seemed to be more organic and yeah that's kind of the way it yeah i see him i see him like sitting around on sundays like just like you (laughs) know he's got he's got the top 10 listed out and he's just trying to like come up with stuff nicknames i mean he is he's pretty busy to be doing that on on championship sunday so no doubt i I, yeah i do believe that it comes uh pretty natural to the one the one that i will say that I don't know if it came natural or maybe he just said it once. And then he was like, Oh, that was good. And he just went with it was when he said, <laughs> Christy conquers the classic 419 times on that, on that final day, Christy conquers the classic. And then it was like a little gap. And he was like, Christy conquers the class. He just kept on going with it. So I don't know if he had that scripted or if he was just like, this was really good. I'm going to, Oh yeah. Uh, Once he thinks yeah. of something, I'm pretty sure he leans into it really hard, but <laughs> <laughs> that's probably exactly what it is. He was like, okay, yeah, that was good. Sure. Let me go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Austin, man, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. We, we yeah. greatly appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to kind of go over our question categories for you yeah. and, uh, 
kind of, I think, let you pick and choose, or maybe we might just go down the line. Um, but it's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, as you know, all of our taco, uh, tackle and taco listeners know, uh, taco questions, uh, of course. Yeah. Um, a, a cool one uh, that we do, which is one of your favorites, which is kind of like a rapid fire. Uh, just we ask you a question, you let us know what one of your favorites is. Um, Austin specific questions, uh, fishing specific questions. Uh, we got we got a special one for you, uh, which is going to be Harry Potter specific questions. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> which and, nay uh, is going to have nothing to do with nay or- <laughs> bit, like next next to zero if, if it has anything to do with with harry potter specifically i mm. might be there but anything outside of that i'm gonna be dips out of the lost. frame yeah yeah right yeah i'll just <laughs> i'll be gone and uh i think one of our one of our last ones will probably be uh our show and tell one uh which is which has always been pretty cool we haven't done it on every uh video yeah. episode but we've done it on a few and uh, it's gone over really, really well. So we're yeah. uh, stoked for that one. So, so where do you want to start, Austin? You pick the first category, and then we'll just roll from there. Oh, I wasn't paying that close of attention. You might as well start from the top, whatever. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll go with taco questions then. Oh, Man, you yeah. got you're up first. Taco questions. Yeah. So, uh, so let us know. Do <laughs> you have? A- <laughs> You've got a, a favorite uh, taco spot there in Eden Prairie uh, that, you know, something's a place you'd like to go name somewhere you want to drop. Uh, I mean, I don't have. A... So honestly, I eat a lot more like fajitas than tacos. Ninety percent of the time. That's a taco. though, uh, still, You know, yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. like it's like. I'm way more into like diced chicken or like steak as opposed to like ground meat in my okay. taco kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there isn't really a, a super fancy one. When I think of like going out for tacos, I actually think of running down to Lake Lanier with my buddies down there. Trent at Sonar Pros rigs my boat and he's got a awesome taco joint right by his house so it's okay. like every time i go down there we eat there like three times a week and That's I, don't awesome. remember, I don't even remember what the name of it is probably because of margaritas but um, <laughs> good reason not to know yeah. yeah yeah but but yeah that's like the first thing i think of when i think about eating tacos like we go every time i roll through cummings georgia and sonar pros it's like taco night at least once or twice a week that's the spot then. Yeah, that sounds dope yeah. to me, man. Do you cook at all, Austin? A little bit, not a ton. Okay. So you're not I mean, with you being I, in Minnesota, I I know you said you hunt and stuff. Do you ever do like um like wild game or even like perch or walleye tacos, anything like that? I don't cook them. Like I will provide the <laughs> walleye or the okay. venison. Yeah. But I'm not usually the the cook. I have cooked on occasion. I don't tend to do it just because I don't want people to realize that I know how to cook because then they'll ask mm. me to do it more often. And, <laughs> and, I'm, yes. and I'm not really into the whole like smoking and grilling thing yet. Yeah. Maybe when I get my own place or the backyard or something, I'll get more into smoking okay. pork butts and that kind of deal. But Attaboy. I haven't really done it yet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how is you, it's kind of a side note, how, how's your hunting been so far this year? Uh, decent shot a lot of pheasants, but that's good because like the weather's been so mild, which makes pheasant hunting good, but makes duck hunting terrible and deer hunting, not very good either. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of a mixed day bag, but I've been 
still getting out a lot. I actually started helping out volunteering around here with a group called Capable Partners, and they basically take handicapped individuals and wounded veterans and stuff like that out duck hunting and deer hunting and stuff like that. So, oh, awesome! They got yeah, that's cool. The cool thing is, is they have permission on some like federal land, like close to the city that most people aren't allowed to hunt. So like, oh, cool. you're able to wheel them out there if they need to, or they're able to get them out there. And yeah, they can still enjoy the outdoors while get to shoot some ducks and dude, it's right by awesome, the house. Man. So it's easy. Yeah. Good for yeah. you, dude. Yeah, I love that's that. Super cool. That's really dope. So do you, what do you prefer most as far as hunting? I saw a picture that you posted where you were up like 300 feet in a tree and a stand that looks like it was like homemade or something. Are you, are you mostly a deer guy? Are you mostly a duck guy upland? Like what, what's your, if you could pick one, what's your favorite? Uh, nowadays, uh, I tend to pheasant hunt more than anything else. Deer hunting is like a week long during rifle season is when we go up. I hunt. We got a hunting camp north of Orr, Minnesota. So oh, yeah, almost up to is. where like Gussie is. Yeah. Yeah, and at this point, there's more wolves than deer. So it's kind of go hang out and drink old fashions and sit in a tree for <laughs> the mornings and stuff. But like, yeah. I was the only one of the four of us that saw a deer this year. And I passed on it just because it was a little buck and it wasn't really the deal. Wow. Um, kind of getting more into the bow hunting thing okay i'm where i'm going to next year i ordered a bow but i really got in with these capable partners guys the last year or two so i haven't done the deer hunting side yet but they got some stuff to help out for that too real close to the house so we're going to get involved in that which will be fun like i said yeah. the duck hunting thing is with them but mainly pheasant hunting me and my cousin has two German wire hair pointers. So oh, perfect. we go out and do that. I'm actually going tomorrow. Oh, nice. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're both pretty big, uh, big bow hunters as well. What, what yeah. bow did you order? I ordered a new lift. Lift. Who makes that? I don't know if I even know what that is. The yeah, Matthews. Sure. Oh, that Matthews. is the new Matthews. Oh, yeah. The yeah. New Matthews that okay. came out that like I tried new, to get, a, yeah, I tried to get a bow in like, end of october like yeah or like early november so i was like thinking about getting a phase four but i'm a yeah. left-handed so then they're like uh, there's no real point in ordering one now let's just order you one as soon because they brought like they announced the lift like four days after i went into capra sporting goods to go do it he's like yeah we'll just order you one then and now oh, i found yeah. out that you can't even i'm not gonna be able to get it till march so now i'm just kind of twiddling my thumbs in the meantime oh that sucks but Jeez, um, that's that's yeah that's torture but yeah i didn't i wasn't I, if you would have said phase four i knew that one i should know what the lift is but yeah no. I, I wasn't i wasn't familiar with it, but that's exciting dude for sure yeah yeah i'm excited it'll be something new to do absolutely dude yeah that's super yeah. fun so uh uh back to the food a little bit uh do you have <laughs> any uh you have any like pre pre derby food traditions or anything at all that you uh, <laughs> you know like to like to go eat you know before day one blast off or anything like that so I travel with Brian New and Jake Whitaker, and Brian New's wife comes a lot of the time. And then for the summer events, my girlfriend Elise will show up, and Jake's wife will sometimes show up. But we basically sort of have a rotation of maybe four or five things that Brittany cooks really well that we just always seem to eat. Plus, okay. Brian, 
plus Brian is the pickiest eater in the world. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so we'll have, we to, we'll have to not have him on the show. Cause like, what do you think about tacos? And like, oh no, uh, he loves, no, he loves tacos. Oh, Taco, okay, night, Taco Tuesday, <laughs> taco night is one of our nights. Oh, usually. awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. it's usually like Perfect. an Alfredo night. And then Brittany makes something called like Saluda rice, which is like brown rice, rice and a bunch of beef broth. And then like, uh, beef roast in a crock pot all day kind hey, of deal combination sounds awesome a lot of mac and cheese and yeah. obviously pizza one night but that's that's kind of like some rotation of that four or five events sometimes you double up on them depending on yeah. how well you're doing in the tournament yeah that's dope dude so is that why you don't want people to know you can cook is because then you'll get looped in on that rotation and have to be like the guy for one <laughs> of those nights that's part of it yeah <laughs> That's strategic. I like it, dude. Yeah. What uh what what's one of the best? Let's just do this. Could be generic. Uh you said you're a fajita guy. What's like what's one of the best tacos you've ever had? And we'll include fajitas in it because what I mean, isn't a fajita just like a sizzling taco anyway? I mean, honestly. Yeah. Soft shell taco. It really is. Yeah. So what's what's one of your favorite tacos you've ever had? Man, I don't know. Like I just keep going back to Georgia and yeah. just like so. I would go there and you'd order it come in like six carnita or like six steak tacos. Yeah. And I, and I got to the point where I would order like two full orders. So I'd have yeah. 12 of them and <laughs> it kind of like that. That's the way it worked out for me. So like every time I go there, I just, nice. I need two full orders. So they just kind of look at you like eh, whatever, but yeah, okay, I eat them all. Fun. And it's, it's just what it, it's just steak, cheese, and cilantro and salsa heck yeah dude that sounds awesome honestly i like i like to keep it simple too when i'm making it when i'm making tacos like that or in those little ones dude you can just like two bite them just just go through them quick for sure like flour Um, tortillas over corn tortillas yes i'm I'm, I'm a flour guy too i go back and forth on it depending on the taco but Yeah, I, just, I feel like way whiter when I have flour tortillas, but <laughs> yeah. I also am actually pretty dang white. And so I guess it sort of like works, <laughs> but like, I don't know. And whenever I try to do corn ones, cause I think like when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you do the corn, like you kind of bundle it up as you eat it, you know? And like when I do corn, like as soon as I like squish it up, it just rips every time. And I'm like, God dang it. You know, like, why am I even yeah. trying to be so authentic? It ain't working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's. Let's jump into let's jump into one of your favorites, Nate. We'll go every other because again, Lola, she'll be back out. Um, hopefully, Gus will stop crying and start sleeping at some point. But let's go every other. So this is one of your favorite, Austin. So we it doesn't have to be like your number one, but like maybe the first thing that pops in your head. We'll kind of rapid fire go through it. Uh, one of your favorite fill in the blanks, Nate. Go. Uh, yeah. So what is one of your favorite ways to fish? Um. I mean, I grew up largemouth fishing. My favorite way to do it is flipping milfoil. That's just the way I grew up awesome. on Minnetonka, big weight, big line. And don't get to do it very much anymore. They've killed mm-hmm. so much of the milfoil and just traveling around. It's just not something I get to do. Uh, smallmouth fishing, honestly, like I really like scoping at this point. Like I think it's yeah. really fun. Like I understand yeah. a lot of people don't think it's the coolest thing to watch, but when you're there and you're catching fish constantly like it's a lot of fun and you get to learn a lot of new things yeah yeah, that's one that's one of my things about it is like if it's a tool that helps you like catch fish faster like that's what you go out for is to catch and just learn even is to catch them oh yeah absolutely because you'll see them come in like especially on the the learning and then you'll see them dip back out you're like oh i 
I did something wrong there or whatever. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, there's there's been you know years where I'll turn into Bass Live or something like that, and I'll watch it for 45 minutes and you know see one fish catch, and yeah, you know now that that you know live scopes you know out and you know some of the up north tournaments there's people are catching five and six pounders every four or five minutes. Yeah, they're like jumping all over. Yeah, it's like it's so there. entertaining. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan, so that's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, for sure. All right, one of your favorite Austin movies. Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, dude, get <laughs> God, out of here. that's a good one. Oh, we in a tight spot. Yeah, that's such <laughs> yeah, a good that's one, that's a dude. good one. Yeah. Uh, songs, what's your favorite song? Uh... I couldn't even think of a correct <laughs> way. Um, Something from Old Brother or Out There. Right. I mean, yeah, like I've worn out like Dan Tominski radio on Pandora, like back when I was in FLW days and stuff, just like bluegrass okay. stuff. But yeah, like I'll listen to hip hop and all sorts of stuff too. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I, like I'm all over the place when it comes to music. I think everybody yeah, I think, kind of is, yeah. which is dope. The other thing I, about it is, I like, it's a, it's a joke between my friends and even my girlfriend and stuff. Like, I know the, I know a lot of songs and I know the lyrics to almost everything. But when they ask me, even if I'm singing along, like, who, do, who, oh, who's this? I know right. like <laughs> name, name recognition, whether it's that or just like people or anything is just one ear, any out the other and it's like okay i, I don't know so like <laughs> that's funny you can know every word and you don't know yeah. who the heck it is or you couldn't find exactly. it or something but it pops on you just on it yeah yeah don't know uh, the name of the song or the band but but you know the, the song yeah, yeah yeah uh one of your favorite drinks while fishing derbies um on the water it's i'll drink like one monster a day and other than that it's pretty much just water yeah. And then other than that, I pretty much only drink lemon, lime, LaCroix, like okay. 99% of the time. Dang it. I wish Lola was here. She loves lemon, lime, uh, LaCroix. She loves it. I wish she was here to hear that. <laughs> like I carry uh, like 10 cases in the back of my truck when I leave. Cause I'm usually gone for like a month or two. Oh my gosh. But yeah, yeah, you really funny. love it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's a, what's a go-to snack while, while fishing a derby? on the boat uh, snack. the best snack or dots pretzels this is really funny because i literally have all this stuff right here <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing it's like you knew the you didn't yeah. and he didn't know the questions right. we didn't show him the questions at all this is this is off the cuff and dots are <laughs> so freaking good dude nate introduced me to dots while we were fishing oh, the derby on lost yes. grove he's like you had these i'm like pretzels he's like no no no, no. these aren't just pretzels oh, whatever these so addicting yeah they're yeah. super like, good I, I got all the my buddies from like Georgia and everything hooked on them during that like Oahe tournament because they so sell good. them all over the place in South Dakota and stuff. And I mean yeah. they're everywhere now, but yeah, like they kind of originated kind around yeah. here. So that's awesome. Uh, well, you got a favorite flavor? The original, original one. Yeah, way better than the other one. Yeah, yeah, there's a dude I work with who's always chewing on those dots. They're like cinnamon and sugar ones. Um, it's not really my jam. I, I wanted wow. to like it, but it's weird because it still just tastes like a pretzel that you dipped in like something sweet. You know, it's like it's a weird combo for me. But yeah, I haven't tried that one. I tried like the southwestern and what, whatever yeah. the cheese one and stuff. But yeah, the, the original, original ones are amazing. I like I to agree. change it up a bit with the with the honey mustard ones. Those ones are pretty solid. Those are all right. 
Yeah, the original right. is the, the best. original is where it's at. Yeah. Um, what's one of your favorite material things that you own? I think that's supposed to be my show and tell. <laughs> oh yeah, we could do that. Let's yeah, let's let's transition to go to show and tell. What do you, what, you want to do, do that right now? Yeah, absolutely. There's no rules. We can shoot whatever <laughs> we want. So Austin, what did you bring for show and tell then? Uh, so, <laughs> so the deal is. So I told you this before, but Doug Shermer for, I don't know, it must be 30 years has been doing all the like artwork for the Bassmaster magazine. So if you, if you win a tournament or if you're doing like a technique specific article in magazine, you'd see like the painted sort of deals for that were in the magazine as opposed to like a photo or something like Mm -hmm. that. And, uh, when I won, this is going to be probably unprofessional to do, but so this is the one that Doug did for the article for my win on Oahe, but this is the actual like canvas version. Wow. This is the actual one that he did. And he That's showed up at the classic at Knoxville this year and uh, he gets a few of them signed by the guys and he came up to me to get it signed and that's why my signature's on it and so he signed that and then like i basically begged him to get me a print or something like that and he finally caved and let me have the actual like original artwork so i got that framed and everything in the room that's kind of the coolest thing i think i got yeah, that's a that's a really good show and tell, dude. So just to be clear, so he came to you like, hey, sign this. And then yeah. you were like, no, you sign it and let me have it. <laughs> Kinda. It was yeah. like, can you get me a print was the original thing I wanted. Okay. Like, and he's like, uh, I guess you can just have this one after I said it three times. Dang. But, that's sick, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty dang good uh material thing. That's uh that's that's pretty great for sure. Yeah, it's kind of unique. I mean, yeah. there's like the trophies and stuff. I don't know where's the camera over there. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awkward? <laughs> I, I always try to do that and I'll look at the would. camera and I can never it feels like it should be easy, but it's not. Yeah, that's dope. Dude. Yeah, I, I do see a, a rather large blue one there in the background, which I think would be the envy of basically every bass fisherman on earth. But um, yeah, I do like what you chose yeah, for sure. That's cool, but there's nine of those a year and that artwork's one of a kind. So Absolutely, dude. All right, so let's, let's breeze through the rest of these, Nate. One of your favorite uh, guilty pleasures, for example, this is embarrassing to admit, uh, but my wife and I watched this stupid show on Netflix called Virgin River. It's basically like a romance show where people get in fights every once in a while. It's terrible, but we like watching it. What, what's one of your guilty pleasures? Um, like, besides watching like Harry Potter and stuff, I guess I watch a lot of anime. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know sense. that. That's yeah. probably a guilty pleasure. It's kind of yeah. embarrassing for most people to say. I don't think so. I think that's <laughs> dope, dude. I think do you do you, man? That's dope. Yeah. Uh, so, well, one of your favorite uh, finesse techniques. My favorite finesse techniques. Uh, I mean, it'd just be like either drop shotting or like the new, like the cool new thing right now is the whole BUA rig, like jig and minnow kind of yeah. fluke style bait that that's yeah. a cool new thing it's still kind of under the radar radar a little bit like the fish aren't completely used to it yet but it's sure. becoming really popular that's pretty fun to do just because it's it's kind of new and i'm still like learning a lot about it and like 
still trying to perfect it as opposed to like drop shots we've all been throwing for 20 years but right they still work yeah Um, absolutely those are probably the two sort of more subtle things that okay do a lot of work uh, what's one of your favorite ways to blow off steam uh shoot i mean i basically just fish or hunt that's basically it yeah, so you fish for a living, like professionally. Um, mm-hmm. Is there something like cathartic, like sort of a release for you when you fish, but it's not in a competitive setting? Yeah. Uh, like when I get back home, usually it takes like two days of like unwinding before yeah. I'm like ready to go again. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to go up to Malax or whatever just to fish for the day, or I'll go every day during the week and take the weekends off just because. I don't know. I feel like it's practice. I don't work out. Like I'm not going to go for a run or go lift weights. So I'm kind of like, <laughs> this is my sort of training. Yeah. Right. Makes like, sense. Like the only exercise I get is hunting, really, yeah. which is pheasant hunting. They'll murder most people. Yeah, for sure, yeah. dude. Walking through all those weeds and tall grass, for sure. Yeah, that'll that'll turn a hip flexor on fire real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what is, uh, your favorite pajama pant pattern? <laughs> pajama pants Girl, pattern? I mean, it really depends. Uh, <laughs> like I have, <laughs> I honestly have like 10 pairs maybe. Okay. And different and all different plaids and everything. Do you have them there? You're looking over to the side. You had the dots and the, and the LaCroix. Do you have pajama uh, pants I mean, there? in the closet over okay. there. Yeah, I got them. <laughs> but, um, like for a while, I called one pair my classy pair of pajama pants because it okay. had yeah, like yeah. little it had little sailboats on them, and I'm just oh. like it's it's like more classy than like plaid. Yeah, like, yeah. almost like almost awful. like golf pants. Yeah, like date night yeah. pajama pants. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean I do have a pair of those the wear the the pair of pants that I wear like on the classic stage and stuff the blue yeah. argyle ones yeah. they're actually they actually are golf pants they're not pajama pants uh, because. My rookie year, I Bassmaster had a like essentially a dress code. Like a dress code, and, yeah, right. And you yeah. weren't allowed to wear jeans even. So, oh, wow. like Ronnie Moore, when I made the Elite Series coming over from FLW, he's like, "You realize you're not going to be able to wear your pajama pants anymore." So, like, I found a pair of like John Daly freaking <laughs> golf pants that look yeah. exact from from a hundred feet away. When Those everybody already is thinking pajama pants, like yeah. they're still pajama pants to everybody. So, like, and I is found that the pattern loophole. you have on your truck and your boat wrap too. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. I didn't know that's what that was. Yeah. For. I kind of figured, but I didn't know for sure. That's really clever. That's funny yeah. as crap, dude. Strategically picked out. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's let's jump. Uh, who one of your favorite upcoming or like young anglers? Um favorite upcoming young anglers shoot like already on the leads probably jay like what that kid did at 20 years old or whatever is crazy bananas pretty wild and the fact that he's from nearby right like i feel like everybody else lumps like minnesota wisconsin and like gussie all into just like one one big group so Like, I feel like we have the ability to do that, too, if we want. We can just take credit for everybody up here. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, which begs the question, like, why does why does bass not fish up here at all? Like, the northern swing is always the northeastern swing. Why why can't it be somewhere up here? I mean, like, Lake of the Woods is a million acres. Like, Malax is pretty huge. I mean, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they're that's what they're trying to do with the Leech Lake Open tournament. They're going to try mm. to give yeah, that a try that. Yeah. to kind of feel it out. Um, I think it would probably be easier to go like elite series event with only a hundred guys as opposed right. to 250 or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you probably don't need like there's not going to be that much to show off at the opens. You don't need a giant stage and sure. all that kind of stuff. Maybe I'm not sure. It's the first time they've come back to Minnesota since the Mille Lacs tournaments and I think that the Mille Lacs tournaments went well, whether or not they had some like behind the scenes what? issues or whatnot with, with DNR or anything. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah. the other issues, what's that? Weren't those, weren't those Mille Lacs tournaments just like uh championships too, where it was only like the top 50 or something like that. Yeah. They were the top 50 right. yeah. and they had to get around the like slot limits and stuff like that, which I don't think would oh, be yeah. that difficult, but it's just, I wish they come back. Like if I could pick one place in the world, they come back to it'd be Malax. Just cause yeah. I love that place. But like, yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever even told you this story, Nate, but, um, a few years ago, uh, my stepdad, Scott, we were talking, I think when we were up in Canada fishing and he said something about, uh, you know, like if things get hard, we could always go to my cabin in Malax or whatever. And I didn't even know he had a cabin on Malax. Like yeah. the crap does that work? You've told me this, and we still haven't been to that. <laughs> and we, cabin. Yeah, we still haven't so, been there. But yeah, I'm like, you're in my family. You have a cabin on an absolute smallmouth musky factory, and like yeah. we've never been to it. Like, what kind of monster are you? <laughs> like, what the crap? Oh, Lola's coming back. She's made. Is, is the child asleep? <clears throat> I think so. Well, that's good news. Hey, whoops. Hey, guys. Well, welcome there back. You are. Yeah, welcome Thanks. back. So we're doing we're doing one of your favorite right now. We're having fun. Uh, we did one of your favorite, and one of the questions was material possession, and that jumped right into his um, show and tell already, and you missed it, and it was amazing. And one of his favorite things to drink is lemon lime Lacroix. Well, and I was like, dude, Lola would love to hear that. That is so good. Yeah. Um, key lime Lacroix is also delicious, oh, like and the limoncello. Wow. Okay, there we go. See, so I told you so she would good. like it. So um, let's do one last one, one of your favorites. Um, Nate, hit that very bottom one, and then we'll go into the Austin-specific qu- What do you want to do next, Austin? Do you want to go Austin-specific questions or Harry Potter questions next? Oh, uh, let's just do Austin-specific ones, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll get all through right. all the other ones first, and then for the people that don't want to tune into Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to end this podcast before we get too nerdy, Nate will yeah, leave, and then it'll be just me and Lola and Austin. Yeah. That, that'll be yeah, yeah, that'll be your time to go upstairs. But hit him with that last yeah. one, Nate. Yeah. So what's uh what's one of the things you do on your day off uh, when you don't have anything scheduled at all? Uh, sort tackle. Hmm. Is that therapeutic like, for you? Like, do you like doing that? If I have a day off, then I do like. Hmm trying to get stuff done like during an event is like i'll just throw it in a pile or throw it out and get a new one or whatever but like i've got i've been in the basement for hours the last couple of days just like 
between everything I've ordered new over the yeah. last two months, it's like, oh, I need that for next year. Oh, I need some of these. I don't even know what that is, but I need one of those. And like <laughs> try, trying to put yeah. it in the right, put in the right box and like make sure everything's sorted. So when I get a thousand miles south, I know where it is if I decide I need it. Smart. So yeah. like I spend a lot of time putting stuff in big Ziploc bags or putting stuff in little Ziploc bags and putting little Ziploc bags into bigger Ziploc bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I like I just it. Like, Cause I got to carry everything with me coming from up here. Usually we have a couple events and it just doesn't make sense to drive back and forth all the time. Sure. So I'll yeah, pack yeah. for several events in a row and I'll be on the road for like a month at a time. So trucks full boats, full of tackle and I need to be able to find what I need. Man, I feel are like that would be. I feel like I would be so scared doing that, trying to pack for that yeah, long, that, that many derbies away. Like, I mean, I can't even pack clothes for the weekend. Yeah, do you get anxiety like, about that? <laughs> thinking like, oh, what if I need this or what if I need that? Or I, I, I do mean, kind of have it bring, down now. Just bring everything. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like that's, just, that's I just right. leave my smallmouth stuff here for the first four. Sure. And then once I get back home from what Alabama in June. Mm-hmm. or whatever i'll change it up move, yeah remove all the big baits and stuff and put more spinning poles and more small stuff in and finish the year so it's kind of like, like it's there, you can fit a lot of stuff in a 21 foot phoenix in a back of a chevy truck so <laughs> no, <laughs> no, i'm sure i'm sure you've tested that for sure <laughs> yeah that's dope what were you yeah, saying i'm just... sorry I was just going to ask if, if you're one of those guys who uh, you're able to like stay like kind of like reorganize post like every tournament or do you like organize at the beginning of the year and then everything just goes to heck until you, uh, you know, you get a good long break and you're able to like reorganize then. Oh, that is a good question. Yeah. I'll usually reorganize the boat like a couple of times throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't ever clean my boat. So like I'll organize and sort tackle and make sure everything's good. But like I never wipe down my boat or like okay. spray it down. I just, yeah. I don't know. I drive so far. It's like I could clean my boat, but then I'm going to drive a thousand miles and it's going to be covered in grime. Oh, yeah, anyways. that's true. But yeah, that's a good point. it's not a superstitious I, thing like Seth fighter. You just don't do it. No. And I've, yeah, I've been around Seth enough to know like, how wild he is with all that stuff. <laughs> but no, I don't have any real superstitions, especially that kind okay. of thing. Yeah, right. All right. I got I got a side note question while we're Go. mentioning uh Mr. Fighter. You got any uh any good Seth Fighter stories? I know you guys are buddies, so uh like just just like a good uh, good Seth Fighter story. Uh um <laughs> good Seth Doesn't Fighter. have to be anything too crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, so, like, you know, his, like, obviously, we know about his rituals and, like, how obsessed he is with them. One of the funniest things is, like, he thinks spiders are lucky. I don't know if you've heard this one or not. So, he thinks spiders are lucky. So, like, if you're in his boat and you, like, kill a spider, like he'll get legitimately mad at you and yell at you oh for it. So like oh you, you have to just let this. So let the spider live. Up. This is way back during our like Denny's days before either one of us like had even gone regional. But he let somebody okay. else borrow his boat, 
one day for an event because they like broke down or whatever. And mm. I remember the first thing they said is, "We're gonna have to go through and kill all these spiders." And like, <laughs> <laughs> he got so mad at him for it. it just, oh my just god! Down. What yeah. what is the what's the start of that? Like that's a weird one. How how, how does that even become a thing? Dude, he's just got like you know his his old man is like he hands out lucky rocks and stuff. It's just mm, he grew yeah. up. He grew up with that kind of deal, so that's funny. It works. It works for him. So yeah, yeah, he's a good angler. I was gonna actually, I was gonna come up with like a stupid question, but like you know, if we had, if we had to pit, like you were saying, we're all kind of together in this thing, like Gussie and Minnesota and Wisconsin and whatever. If we had to pit like Wisconsin anglers versus Minnesota anglers, like who wins that? Because there's some really good hammers on both states you know like with you and fighter and bob downey although bob downey's kind Did of you say a, me Is that what you're, mutant, oh you're talking you know and then kidding. yeah and lola <laughs> uh and then here you know obviously you have like shakirid and schlopper and caleb Coopall and i mean i don't know what what is who do, who do you think wins that battle i don't know i think me and seth would take down most of them Okay. Ooh. All right. I hear you talking. I mean, granted, yeah. like Jay, like I said before, Jay's been freaking a phenom the last two years. So he's been he, real good. He's been hard to beat. But yeah, I mean, if we're doing like average position out of the group, I think I think we can take him. Okay. Like, All right. I like it. Like, <laughs> like Caleb. Caleb's already won, and like he's phenomenal. But like he's more up and down. Like he'll. Sure, he is. Catch yeah. the hell out of him one tournament and have and a rough like one. 90th, and, and then, yeah. And Schlapper, his rookie year, kind of struggled to start with. Last year, he would, did phenomenal, and mm-hmm. it seemed like every tournament. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, it'd be tough, but I'm always going to bet on me. I like it. Hey, like, that's, that's dope, so dude. Cool. Yeah, that was like, the good. best answer. No, because yeah. it was like it was like confident, but it wasn't arrogant. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Honest. Like, okay, so we actually asked this question last week with uh, Rich. Do you know Rich Hellabass? Do you know that dude? Yeah, Lingren. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Figure he's a Minnesota guy also. Um, but we were talking to him last week about like sort of like um, the mindset, the competitive mindset of anglers. <clears throat> And I shared the, what I think is a super funny story of Kobe Bryant when uh, he was playing a dude and it was in between the third and fourth quarter and the Lakers were losing and he went up to this dude that was guarding him and he like put his hand out to like high five him and was like, hey man, good game. And the guy was like, what? It's not even like the fourth quarter. And he's like, yeah, but the game's over. Good game. And then he just went on and just murdered him and scored like 30 something points in the fourth and whatever. Like, what, what do you think? How important is that mindset of like confidence and like, knowing who you are and how you can fish, how, how does that really relate to like on the water performance? I mean, at this level, if you don't like, if you don't get to the tournament venue with the feeling like you can win the event, yeah. like you have the talent level to do so, like you're probably not where you're supposed to be. Mm. And it's not like, be overconfident saying I'm going to win every single one. Like by the end of practice, you might not think that anymore. you like, you might understand yeah. like this is a punt tournament and I'm just going to try to yeah. salvage points or try to get 10 grand. <laughs> but like if you're feeling like you can't, you can't show up scared against this group of anglers and like, that's good. Cause when you do that, like you fish tentatively, you, you don't fish to win. You fish to try to just, stay there and you can let a lot of guys end up pushing you around and stuff 
because mm. I mean, most of us are friends, but at the same time, it's a competition. So you got to yeah. kind of balance the two. Yeah. Was that okay? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like going on this because you got, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling real curious about you, Austin, as a human. So you won rookie of the year. Was that 2020 that you won rookie of the year on the elites? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Let's check one of the many, many that, trophies. Is that what you the trophy says? Yeah. That's what yeah. the that's yeah. what the uh, that's the ugliest trophy on the planet. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you seen them every year since? They like get all nice and they're like glass and stuff, but that's literally like painted neon yellow. They I forgot to get one. Oh, they went yeah. to like the local shop beforehand. They're like, "Crap, we've got Austin's trophy." Uh, yeah, uh, but like going in as a rookie was that like something that comes natural to you? Like that ability to kind of like grr, make that tough guy face, like you know, kind of in your guts and go for it, or did you have to like tell yourself, like, "Dude, I I belong here. Like, I'm gonna go after it." So, like my rookie year, of the Elite Series is actually my fifth year fishing professionally like i fished right. the flw for four mm -hmm. years so mm -hmm. like i had already fished against high level competition kind of understood how you practice and like how you competed and whatnot so there was there was still this wonder of whether or not i can compete on the elite series like how much higher is this step going to be like where am mm -hmm. i going to be here because i've yeah. qualified for three straight fours with cups and stuff as I left and qualified nice. obviously for the elites through the opens and like a lot of people that I fished against a lot of my friends that either moved over there like uh Bryant a bunch of them were rookies the same year I were so we were all kind of we knew the talent level and it was just whether mm -hmm. or not it would transfer to the elite series and I was fortunate enough to come out on top if we had another event it's very likely that i wouldn't have won it because it kind of went back and forth between like people don't think how strong that elite series rookie season was like taku was in there oh yeah brian brian schmidt uh what's god who just won aoi this year i can't I think of his name Oh, Kyle Welcher. Kyle, yeah. Kyle Welcher. Okay. Kyle Welcher finished yeah. second. We were battling out to like the last day. Yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about uh, that. Yeah, that was that was like certified killers, dude. Like uh, Buddy Gross has won two mm -hmm. Elite Series event. He was a rookie. John Cox wasn't technically a rookie because he won too many tournaments. So, like, right. But he came in at, like <laughs> like it was stiff competition. Like everybody talks about this year. Like we had four elite series rookies win tournaments this year right. yeah. and that that late rookie season was stacked i'm like shoot our rookie season was stacked too like yeah i think three of us finished in the top 10 or 11 in aoi so wow mm -hmm. gosh that's sick man that's impressive yeah. i like that a lot yeah well okay can i ask a question i don't know if you guys covered this already when i was tending to the children yeah um i just want to know like more about you like tell us like who are you? Who's Austin Felix? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. Like however, however deep or shallow or whatever, but yeah, who are you? I mean, we know you're a great angler, but past that. Like what <clears throat> makes you who you are and yeah. what do you like to do and all the things? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like I'm 39. So I feel like I've been doing this like pretty much my whole adult life yeah. at this yeah. point. Like you look good for 39. You look, you don't look 39. <laughs> played a bunch of sports. Like, throughout high school and growing okay. up and stuff um, what sports uh baseball and basketball mostly okay also, um but like 
my senior year of high school kind of figured out I can't throw hard enough to ever do anything and play in baseball. So yeah, I really leaned into fishing a lot more. And after high school, I went to one year community college and basically wasn't really that into it. Got all right grades, B's and C's, but then I decided to like take a year off and that turned into like three or four years off. That but happens. I, I still yeah. felt like it was still my education because that was basically when a few of us around here, me, Seth, John Figgy, and just like a group of local ang- local hammers, we all just kind of fished every single day and we kind of bounced information off each other and like fished cool. together and we all kind of honed our craft for three or four years and wow. we were all we all became like really successful like around the twin cities mm-hmm. and yeah. then I went back to co- college part-time and then back to the U and I kind of went the college fishing route and before college fishing like I, I never really thought that I would ever be fishing the elite series or the FLW tour um that was one of the bad things about fishing Lake Minnetonka or like Denny's. I don't know if you guys have heard of those and stuff, but it's the biggest circuit in the twin cities and like has Mm -hmm. the most talent. And in order for you to compete in the Denny's, you basically have to fish Lake Minnetonka five days a week and like be out there every day because it's always changing and like they get so much pressure. And so, it taught me a lot, but at the same time, I got this like false idea in my head that I need to have the same amount of like in-depth knowledge of every lake that I fish if I want to compete at that level. So yeah, what do I sense. need to know to compete while traveling around the country? Well, I was fortunate enough to get into college fishing. You don't have to pay for entry fees and stuff. So I was able to travel for four different tournaments my first year and really quickly i realized that i don't need that kind of knowledge because everybody else doesn't have that knowledge either as long as you like understand bass behavior and understand all that stuff yeah um you should be able to compete so that kind of flipped everything on its head for me and then i was fortunate enough to win the college national championship that first year that's awesome and i was like well if I might as well like take a chance and try it. And I was fortunate enough, like my parents gave me the seed money for my first year on the FLW tour. And oh, that's cool. I was lucky enough to like win enough to like keep my head above water the first year and kind of like deal with the learning curve of learning how to compete. And then at my rookie year, I didn't do well, but I made enough. And then after that, like I was relatively successful after that. So like, it just kind of grew on itself and like snowballed, but that's kind of how I got to this point. Yeah. I love that. One of the questions I had was walk us through the steps of how you got to where you are, which you just kind of handle the back end of it. But tell us, how did you start fishing just in general, even as a kid, even if it wasn't bass fishing, but how did you get started in just fishing? What, what, what what got you hooked? Yeah, uh, fishing for me was growing up as a little kid was going up to the cabin. We'd rent a cabin somewhere. Dad had a 14 foot V hull with like a 15 old 15 
foot Johnson and that's awesome. You go fish jig for walleyes at night and fish for whatever, but go trolling, catch pike. Like that was kind of my childhood. Uh, my old man's an attorney. And when I was maybe 10 or so, he ended up having a client who was a professional bass angler or fished mm. a lot of tournaments. Okay. And so one thing led to another and they ended up becoming tournament partners and they would fish uh -huh. some tournaments together. So that that's how I was sort of introduced to tournament huh. fishing. Oh, like so I was interesting. I wasn't. So yeah, it's not like I'm a multi-generational like, tournament angler. Like a lot of these guys, it kind of showed up for both me and my dad when I was really young and he in his own right, he's in his mid seventies now and doesn't do a ton of fishing anymore, but he's, he was kind of a hammer if you ask the local guys around oh, here. Okay. Oh, that's that so cool. That's so. cool. Have Have you fished derbies with your dad? Like the people, the people fear you that you guys show up at the ramp and they're like, crap, uh. it's old, <laughs> old and young Felix. <laughs> yeah. Like the Denny's tournament, I would always fish with my dad. It, it's kind awesome. of funny that's because so sweet. So like me and Seth and most of the guys, Andy Young, drinking like all the big names would fish those Denny's, but we were all friends. But when it came to like Denny's, you had to be like extra secretive because it was so competitive and like anything mm. you kind of figured out. So like you didn't really fish with each other. Like, so whenever I was close to home, like my old man is always my team partner for that one. That's cool. That's really Just special. Like we got, yeah. I fish with the other guys. Like if we go out of town or like, have a random tournament or like a different circuit or traveling around the cities. That's what we do. Hmm. But you save that one for your dad. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know, Austin. I don't know what your thoughts are in life or, you know, kind of who you or what you believe, but dude, from what you're saying, it sounds like you're supposed to be fishing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the fact that like the way that it worked for the, just some random client to be into bass fishing, like that's kind of a crazy deal for the sort of Genesis of it. And then you, going to college, going away from college, then going back into college. Cause it sounds like if you hadn't have fished oh, yeah. collegiately, you probably wouldn't have ended up going pro. It sounds like, cause your brain was so locked on. I don't have time to fish all these lakes. Like I fish on Minnetonka and whatever, dude, it sounds like you were really supposed to be fishing. Like the way things have worked out for you. Like that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. In hindsight and the longer I'm here, like I feel like that's kind of the way it is. The more and more I realize, like my backup plan was honestly, when I graduated, it was like, I'm going to go try to fish the FLW or I'm going to go to law school. And like, oh, okay. now, now I don't really, I'm don't, I'm glad I chose the one I did. I don't know how I, <laughs> I don't know how I'd sit behind a desk all the time. Like, it yeah, kill me. yeah, man, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cool story, dude. Yeah. That's so <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so speaking of cool stories, do you have like a, most memorable win that you know something some one of your most memorable wins you've ever had uh most memorable wins um i don't know like probably my favorite win was a long time ago with my old man like we fished a circuit called the extreme bass circuit and this is back in 2006 the only time i reason i remember is because plaque still over here but we ended up <laughs> cool. we ended up winning a 
bass boat for the championship. Dang. Oh my gosh. And that was like first real big win. And I got to share that with my dad. It was a two day tournament and we were leading after the first day and then like didn't catch them quite good enough the second day. So like thought we lost, but I did the math wrong in my head. And so like when they <laughs> called cool. the winning name, it was like a legitimate shock. So, oh, that's, that's so exciting! Dope. Yeah, yeah. And I think Dude. I was like 21 when that happened. So, I don't know how y'all are feeling, Nate and Lola. But the more Austin talks, like yeah. the more I like him. Like yeah. you, you're a very authentic human being, which yeah. is sadly rare. And the fact that you're sitting, I think it's your left shoulder over your left shoulder, is a blue trophy that comes <laughs> with a six-figure paycheck. We ask you what your most memorable win is, and you tell us about a, a derby with your dad. Like. My heart. I, I love freaking that. love that, dude. That's <laughs> yeah, so cool. Yeah, 100%. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, with, without a doubt. So, uh, what's uh, what's something that's kind of kind of surprised you? You know, you've you've been in the fishing industry for for a while now, a few years on FLW, a few you know, a good few handful now with bass. Uh, what's something about the fishing industry that's kind of surprised you, or or maybe something you weren't quite expecting to, to kind of go the way it's gone. Uh, I mean, honestly, probably once you're in this circle, how small it actually is. Like, I feel like everybody knows everybody. Huh. Like, I feel like if I need to get a, somebody's phone number, whether it's a, somebody who works for somebody or even an angler like it's not like i have to call somebody you call somebody to get it there like i can make one phone call and probably that's nice either get a get their contact or like get a hold of them and it's just it's really it's a lot smaller a lot more of a niche group which is really awesome as far as yeah, that's cool being around people um it makes it more difficult to grow at the same time um there's a finite amount of money in the industry, whether sure. it's sponsorship dollars or winning money and stuff like that. So you, you got to compete for it against the same guys that you're trying to be friends with. So it's kind of a, a balancing act that way. But like, like I said before, like I wouldn't change it for anything at this point. That's cool. That yeah. That's, really that's cool. a good answer. Um, we talked about this briefly in the intro, um, Tell us a little bit about, I'm not trying to get you to do like some big sponsor plug, um, but tell us a little bit about Eris Rods because I don't know a ton about them. And every time I've seen one, I've always been kind of intrigued by the design, the shape, the actions, the colors. I feel like some of the stuff they've been doing with like their grips for a little while now, like you're seeing other like big brands, not that Eris isn't, but like bigger brands starting to do something sort of similar. Um, how'd you get put on with them? I don't know. G give me the juice, man. They're kind of cool looking. Yeah, I got with Eris. This will be my fourth year. Okay. I think fourth or fifth. Uh, I think it's my fourth. Uh, but yeah, they're an Italian company. Okay. Uh, but their deal is like high end rods, really high quality, like lightweight, sensitive, like kind of cutting edge stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they're designed in Italy, which. Like if you think of like every, anything else, what you think about Italy makes the best guns and make the best cars. And, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, yeah. They're actually, they're actually built in Japan. So then, you know, the quality of 
Japanese huh. components. Sure. Like we were yeah. talking about Megabass earlier. Um, yeah. But they're really big in Europe to like for like the multi-species deal. They're still mm. we're still trying to get the name recognition. Like before I was with Aris, I basically fished nothing but like Daiwa and Julumus rods because like mm. I'm used to fishing the best stuff and and I try to tell everybody like if you want something different that's just as good then just try the Aris rods and they okay their new mercurial line like has all the latest technology that they put into all their other rods like they're super badass like I couldn't be happier with them and I think mm. they're only like 250 bucks now like okay. around there so that you're not spending the seven hundred dollars for a right nrx plus or that's crazy um, <laughs> the problem is getting them sold in america right now like you can get them at tackle warehouse okay or you can get them on their website yeah and the but, mercurial those are the they're red right isn't that the lineup yeah they're red and chrome yeah. and yeah they yeah right, their rods look course. crazy they look really unique yeah but, they're, they're slick yeah like i legitimately they have something that i like for just about everything like i have complete confidence in them at this point which is really good because i mean i've been with other groups before and you'd always have to have like a few other rods that are just like sure yeah these, they don't have something for this kind of deal but like, yeah the main thing now is just getting them in more people's hands so they they realize like how cool they are and how good yeah. they are i want to try one yeah they're really neat yeah if you look them up like they're they're, they're really cool look I, I think the first one is did i say that wrong in the intro is it stargate isn't that one of their isn't that yeah, one they're, of their, their series yeah. they make the the ultra which is like their entry level it's still a really good rod but and then they make the stargate which is the one that has the like hard fiberglass yeah that kind of hard comes. carbon fiber cone sort of mm -hmm. foregrip yeah that that they made essentially like supposed to magnify uh like vibration so you the can touch feel yeah yeah um yeah they're really badass too there i think what are they like 300 bucks or something yeah, they look so. I've always thought they were cool. Like I always thought they were neat. I th there's a there's a dude on YouTube. I can't remember his name. Uh, Marling Bates. I don't know if you've ever seen that dude's YouTube. He Didn't makes know like how long he, you're gonna do that. He uh, makes yeah. like handmade. He basically like he's he's a kind of like a he's kind of you know I think people would label him kind of like dorky, but he's a cool dude. He takes like random pictures of like fish and then he carves these incredibly intricate like swim baits and whatever and hand paints them and like documents the whole process oh. and then he sells them on his website for like a grand like they're nonsense expensive they're always sold um but i saw him use this rod a couple times and just the shape of like the butt and like you were saying the foregrip i'm like dude what the heck is that thing i literally was like watching through his videos to try and find a frame mm -hmm. that i could pause to see the label because it really is that unique looking wow. um and then i saw that it was eris so then when i saw that you were on that i was like dude i want to ask him about that because they're just really i i love it when companies don't do what everybody else is doing you know what i'm saying yeah. um and eris is definitely that type of company uh at least in design and so yeah i was stoked do you to have ask a favorite you. of the eris rods like you didn't tell us yet right no <laughs> no well, I mean, okay. the mercurial is what he said is like right. the new the new jam that's like the but i didn't know if that was a favorite chrome, but yeah 
I mean, those are the, those are my favorite at this point. Like, yeah, I got a bunch of new ones that just showed up the other day just to kind of like pad my collection. That's kind <laughs> of exciting, that right? Is exciting. Is that <laughs> ever old? old? That can't get old, right? No, it doesn't. But it's like every year kind of based on where you're going and like what the new hot techniques are. Like I have mm. to kind of adjust my lineup and sure you'll end up fishing as much as we do. We break a rod here and there and need to have extras. So, I mean, I carry 70, 80 rods with me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but Smart. I mean, you have to. When you go from Florida to sure. a spotted bass fishery, something like that, and you're not going to fish the same stuff. You got to be able to move or get different things. But yeah, like the Mercurial line is really badass, especially for under $300, like $250. It's as good as you're going to find. And oh. As far as like specific rods, it it really depends on what technique like if you had a specific yeah. technique i could tell you which rod i like for it but yeah. i got something good for that's awesome yeah that's, that's really good thank you sorry yeah. I, I didn't mean to take a, a side note into your sponsorship lineup i just <laughs> no, like i said but... i sort of had this like thing with that rod company so um yeah yeah so uh we uh we don't typically ask uh all of our guests this although i i feel like we definitely should uh more but uh I know you don't currently have one because you you know you mentioned your accident, but can you give us a rundown of of your uh, your twenty twenty three boat um, that you had? Uh, kind of what how it was laid out, which had on it, you know, all that good stuff. I mean, I could do that, or like I my new boat showed up last week, so like it's oh, not wow. fully yeah. rigged, but I can give you a rundown of how it's going to well, be rigged or what. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Let's let's hear. So I'm running the new phoenix 921 xe um it's new this year it's basically if you take the phoenix 921 elite so it's got like the added fiberglass and you put that on top of a phx hull plus they got rid of a lot of the like plastic cowlings and stuff and made everything fiberglass so it, mm-hmm. it's going to be their new top of the line boat it looks pretty slick i'm excited to try it out i haven't got to run one yet but talking to like the rep around here he says it's going to be the deal so i run that with a run that with a mercury um this year's electronics are going to go a little wild actually stepped away from lawrence i've been with lawrence forever but i uh stepped away because i had an opportunity my friend Trent Palmer runs Sonar Pros, which is they rig boats and they make yep. designated mm-hmm. wire harnesses and like a bunch of different stuff for your boat, like yeah. like sea deck stuff. Um, mm. So we're gonna I'm gonna go straight through him this year. We're gonna do some more stuff. So I'm gonna run multiple brands. I'm actually gonna run on the bow. I'm gonna run a 16 Lawrence and a 16 Garmin and a 12 oh Garmin. Jeez. Oh my gosh. And then. <laughs> And then on the dash, I'm going to run two 12 Lawrence's and a nine Humminbird. Wow. You're going three on the, on the dash too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I've always been Minnesota, a Are you, are you allowed to not have 360 on the front? Is that even like legal in Minnesota? I've never owned a 360. I, you've never had one? No. Wow. 
See, I've been yeah, with like Lawrence. That. I've been with Lawrence. Oh, well, duh, I, yeah. I got with them like when I won the college national championship. Yeah. And, like, I've always been with them and like never felt like I needed to switch. And huh, I love that. But this year, I'm you're missing out. Did you ever try like the 360 nose cone or anything that they introduced for the ghost? Oh, yeah. I've tried yeah. all that stuff and it wasn't the deal. Huh. Right. Okay. Did you say something about an accident? Did I? What happened? There was an accident. Oh, what yeah. happened to your other bow? We haven't talked about that yet. Oh but it's gosh, kind of part me. of the. Well, hold on. Let, 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 let him keep going. Let him keep sorry, going. Sorry, on, uh, sorry, sorry. Because I, I have a question for you too, Austin. So if you are are stepping away from Lawrence, are you still going to run the Ghost? Or are you going to run something different on a no, trolling motor? I'm running a power pole move this year. Oh, that new power pole trolling motor. Yeah. Um, and then. Obviously, I'm going to need a ton of power for that. So, like, my battery setup's going to be pretty wild. Okay. But, like, that's what Trent's whole deal is. So, I'm actually running three 36 volt, 60 amp hour trolling motor batteries. So, I'm going to have okay. like two, two running parallel and then one on a, a third one on a Perco switch just for an emergency in case I need to, something happens and you need to flip it. So I'll have like 180 amp hours of trolling motor battery, and then I'll have holy crap, uh, two 135 amp hour 12 volts running just electronics that are both that are Dakota lithiums too. Jeez. And then I'm gonna run just uh, 31 AGM strictly for cranking for and cranking. Like pumps and stuff. Yeah. Just because like the jury's still out on whether lithium's really good for a crank battery yep. and it's kind of scary to know like it's either there or it's not like you don't run it mm -hmm. down it either it's either on or off so like you're either dead in the water and if you're dead in the water you can't jump it that kind of stuff so All right it's important to have as many redundancies out there as we can to make sure we can yeah. like get things going so so you were saying like oh my gosh wow about like the battery stuff like what's yeah quote-unquote normal like that sounds like a lot right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so, so that, that's that's six graphs and six batteries correct yep just yeah okay i just yeah i wanted to get that so yeah okay. you can give us a rundown on what jordan what what's typical would you say yeah, what do, what do we well i mean yeah so i think five? i think nowadays right like it depends on what style of battery you're running so obviously yeah, if you're yeah. running all lead acids or uh, lithium stuff whatever and so like the lithium stuff um is obviously for like a, an angler like me an angler like nate it's beneficial but it's also insanely expensive uh and mm. so um the setup that Austin is running, I don't know that there's much of an argument to be made that that's a ridiculously like bad to the bone setup. Um, oh, but I yeah. think for, for maybe the average angler just financially, like that's a, that's an investment and a half. Okay. And like I think worth a, it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a super strong like argument to be made that, that it's totally worth yeah. it. But again, like, like Austin was saying, you know, he's bringing 80 rods with him when he hits yeah. the road. Like, you know, I have 40, or so 45 combos yeah. you know like it's it's just the next level of of whatever like if, if if i had you know the moolah to drop on batteries like that for sure dude um and again he's doing this is his livelihood this is like a right. like yeah. a chef that's, having that's like exactly the highest the end like like the highest end kitchen knives yeah. versus me having knives that yeah they're good and they're fine they'll work but right. they're not this set of knives well i don't really yeah. need that set because i'm not on that level yet um yeah, that makes sense. Have you noticed a performance difference, like even in just how your how your rig handles, uh, how it runs? I mean, with with lithiums in general. Oh, uh, Phoenix in general with lithiums actually, lithiums will slow them down. 
because they uh, don't get the bow lift. Like you actually want weight in the back of your boat. That's back, why I, right. I really don't care if I'm adding more weight by more batteries, as yeah, long as right. I'm getting like more redundancies and stuff like that. Um, as far as electronics goes, like I promise that I have the best picture, whether it's forward facing or like side scan picture on the planet, like the way that the guys get it set up, like, and it's been that way for a few years. It's just, you need to be able to have full power sunrise to sunset every day. And first of all, lead acid, isn't going to do that. Like lead acid drains down slowly. So yep. you notice like on a trolling motor, if you have lead acid, by the time it's noon, you're got the thing on a hundred just to get the same sort of performance you had on it's Absolutely. when it was on like 60 yep so you got to be able to have with lithium you have full power you have 100 percent power from the start until it dies it's either just on and off or it's full power so being able to and then just being able to run for 14 hours like lead acid yeah, batteries geez. most places aren't going to last long enough like they're going to die before your day ends for practice mm. or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, running the power pole trolling motor. I'm going to assume you're going to have power poles on the boat as well. Mm. Um, is that, that battery setup, is that something that would work with like the power pole charge or anything like that? Is that, well, that would that work with that kind of, kind of power? Yeah. So the power pole charge, I'm going to run a power pole charge, run two blades. Um, the power pole charge is a, four bank charger so essentially i'm going to be running it's essentially set up to either to charge your trolling motor batteries and your crank battery crank so i'll battery, have it, yeah so i'll have it hooked up to the two parallel trolling uh -huh. motor batteries and then i'll have it hooked up to the the agm crank battery the third trolling motor battery on the perco is just going to be charged and left alone and won't even be touched like gotcha. unless something yeah. happens just then i gotta up. flip the switch um as far as my standalone electronics batteries i'm not sure how trent's planning on wiring that i know he's got like we can either do a single bank charger and put it in there or mm -hmm. like Dakota Lithium makes an external charger that I just hook up at the end of the night when I hook up the right. power pole. So you're I set. Wasn't. Yeah. So <laughs> whenever whenever the 2025 season comes around, you give us a, a text before you get rid of that rig because that thing sounds like it's about to be <laughs> filthy. Seriously. Goodness gracious. Have you used the Have you used that move yet? Because like I remember when power pole was coming out with the trolling motor and then they pushed it off and then they were coming out with the trolling motor and they pushed it off and then they were coming out with the trolling motor and they pushed it off, whatever. And then they finally dropped it. Um, I remember when I first saw it, I'll, I'll be totally honest i was like oh come on dude that looks like a motor guy like it's got like a chrome shaft and it's you know whatever like and then i started like reading about it i started watching videos on it and now i'm like really impressed by i love how the head is like you know the size of a baseball on, on the top um how powerful it is how quiet it is like I, I watched a video where one dude it was like just some random dude was like hey listen to this and he like took his phone and put it right but you couldn't even hear it like it was so quiet um dudes chopping through stuff and all you could hear was that it was hitting stuff it, there was no like there's no whir noise yeah. have you used it yet are you stoked on it 
I've played with it a little bit in a few buddies' boats, but yeah. I haven't owned one yet. Right. So I haven't had to got to put it through its paces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian knew who I travel with. He has one on his boat this right. year, yep. and he's already rigged, and he's been fishing the last few weeks, like striper fishing and stuff with it, and he's pretty happy with it. It's got like every trolling motor is a little bit different, but and they're going to take getting used to the pedal feels different, rigging all that stuff. Oh, sure. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Like it's it's pretty badass from everything I've heard. Yeah, it sounds real. Like it's it's like just what I've read, heard, watched videos, whatever. It it seems really well thought out, and and I actually respect the fact that PowerPole didn't rush it to market if it wasn't ready. You know, because there was so much hype building up to it, they could have just been like, "Here it is," even though it wasn't ready. Yeah, and they like took their time and put out the right products. So I actually really respect that. Yeah, people see that metal shaft and they do think motor guide. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, like that shaft is is literally made out of titanium. So, wow! So it's like lightweight, and how much more expensive is titanium? Than, right. Yeah. Than, yeah if you right. ask my iPhone, it's it's quite a bit more. Yeah, it's quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. Can I ask about the accident now? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? I don't know any of this. Oh, so I was. On the way to from here to a tournament on St. Clair in July, and I got rear-ended going around Chicago by a city bus. Oh, my gosh. And obviously, it was a fiasco after that. Like, totaled the boat, banged oh up the truck, pushed the boat into the truck. So, like, oh, I ended up calling Steve Mentz, who's the wisconsin minnesota phoenix rep basically it was six o'clock at night on a saturday Uh so he got right on the horn with phoenix i called my parents who brought started driving with the other truck we have and by the time i got a tow truck and steve had already told me where to take the boat it was totaled. We took it to a dealer that was about 60 miles south of the, of Chicago. And Sunday morning, they pulled a Phoenix boat off the line at the factory. Oh, my gosh. And, and Andy, who's our service tech for the Elite Series for Phoenix, towed it from Tennessee from the factory to south of chicago where i was and we essentially backed it up right next to my total boat and tore all the electronics and everything oh ran all the wires and <laughs> and essentially rigged my boat in on sunday in about eight hours and i left there at like midnight on sunday and got in shoot middle of the night like early morning on monday to st Clair. i had to end up having to sleep in a little bit but and was able i didn't miss a single day of practice oh my gosh okay so i have a couple questions were you okay and did like rods and stuff like if the boat is totaled was stuff in there do you right do you have that in there did stuff get broken like Uh, no all my equipment was fine okay Uh, i got rear-ended but i was at a stop and he was coming in too fast and the roads are kind of wet. I saw him coming. So like I tried to get to the shoulder and like give him more room and yeah, 
he got oh, me as I was moving forward. So Jeez. like my girlfriend was in the car with oh, nobody got hurt. Scary. The bus was full of Amish people. <laughs> Why um, is that so funny to me? <laughs> um, I wasn't that expecting so, that. What in the world? <laughs> yeah. So like I poked my head after the cops were there and we were all doing like filling out reports and whatnot, poke my head into the bus just to see if everybody was there. Yeah. And just like beards and hats. <laughs> <laughs> Jedediah was like, hey. Hello. Yeah, and they were asking me what I was doing, but like it knocked the motor clean off of the boat. And oh stuff, my gosh. It was that is so crazy. But everyone was okay. I mean, the boat wasn't, but dang. You so got that, all so set that, up. So that totaled it like i get that it like you know broke the the motor off and probably completely crushed your your transom and whatever but that's enough to i mean did it did it kind of like accordion it or how, so how did it actually like total the whole thing did the it just truck? rack the hull too and everything or what i mean it banged up the truck the problem is like they pretty much when the motor was totaled that's like half the cost right there so if there's sure. going to be a bunch of fiberglass work as well it's probably just going to be totaled. Plus, there's no really way no uh, there's no real way of knowing the structural damage it did mm. to like the internal part Internally, without taking yeah. the boat apart, right? Like taking, taking the top, top cap, cap off. off. Yeah. <laughs> so, plus, I assume it was just like the bus driver straight up told the cops that it was his fault. So I'm sure the insurance is like, yeah, we're going to get our money back on this one because it's sure. like it's a big company. It's not some right. random person so yeah do, but, yeah uh, do you do you think the like the transition into a new boat this is me being a little biased also having a phoenix um but do you <laughs> think the do you think the transition into like the new boat would have gone as smooth with another company and you know i'm just curious like like because that that's like crazy stand-up-ish that it they like, like took, took a boat yeah. off the line had somebody haul it right to you drop it off like yeah, that's wild like I mean, like, I'm not, just, and I'm not I, the first one they've done that to. Like, yeah, for wow. sure. And that's the thing is, like, I oh. hear horror stories about some other companies and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I've, I've heard nothing but like really good things about Phoenix and their customer service, and you know, even the, the small things that I've had to deal with. Like, I've got a 2016, my boat's old, but like, if yeah. I want a replacement part, I call them, they send it to me, and then they send me a bill. Like, it's been like crazy easy. So, mm. yeah, their customer service is second to none, especially with their pro staff. Like. I, I feel like St. Clair is cursed. Like this isn't the only time this happened. Like I know, uh, Alton Jones senior. I don't know if you guys oh, saw, he got in that. That huge was a bad act. Yeah, that was on the way home yeah. from St. Clair. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So wow. Brad Watley, two years ago, he runs a Phoenix. He got sideswiped and his boat flipped like his boat and truck flipped. Oh my and, gosh. And Phoenix got him a brand new boat. He looked, like the next day as well, like had one Holy for him in a day crap. or two. But that was at St. Clair. It's just like you see St. Clair. Clair on, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You see St. Clair on the schedule, just like watch out. Yeah. Right. I got like, a I got a Phoenix up. and it's on the, the Northern Opens, you know, I schedule. Rem- right, I remember so the first year I went to St. Clair for <laughs> FLW. The first year I went to St. Clair with FLW, <clears throat> a guy got his truck and boat stolen at night from one of the hotels and like no. they stripped this boat and his truck and like they found his boat without the motor and stuff like 
by the oh end of the my crap. gosh yeah like chop shop yeah. sort of thing chop like, shop for bass boats wow yeah, so, like this is all in st Clair, and like i can't think of this happening anywhere else anywhere like, else yeah no. yeah, yeah that's not happening on malax wow yeah jeez dude that's craziness yeah you better uh you better watch out for that um let me can i ask you a, a random side question here yeah um is there a dorkier <laughs> professional athlete than kurt cousins <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably not like like and he was real bad yeah uh i feel like netflix kind of made him a lot cooler <laughs> like a lot more endearing to people yeah. now yeah, like he yeah. was like almost like to the point of like people were just making fun of him and like he wasn't <laughs> the guy and then everybody yeah. realized like oh he's a giant dork but he's like very genuine and like yeah, he's yeah. himself yeah like now everybody kind of likes him for it yeah that's funny yeah, yeah but, i don't yeah, know that, i figured you you, you got to be a vikings fan and like you know we're we're all three of us are are packer fans and i don't want to like kirk cousins and every time i hear him talk he's just so authentically like like to the detriment of his own image he's so <laughs> yeah. authentically himself and i'm like dude i actually like that like like the goofy dancing <laughs> thing he did or when he put on that chain and he just looked like a 75 year old dad even though he's like 30 yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah that, i, I, that I can't help kirk sort of like him, dude yeah, 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 Kirk Duggins. Yeah, yeah, that that cracked me up. That was really funny. Yeah, sorry, that yeah, was totally random, but yeah, and him going down this year too, and watching three different quarterbacks just struggle, Ooh. just really makes you realize like how good he really is. Like that, I hope they keep him around. That's exactly. Yeah. I was literally just talking to my my dad about that, like two days ago, a day ago, something. I was like, man, all the experiments they've had at quarterback, if that doesn't prove to you that Kirk Cousins is actually the dude, you know, I don't know. I don't know what will because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it makes him look better by the minute for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, let's keep it moving. One last one. I read somewhere that you hate Grand Lake. How are you feeling about the classic? <laughs> uh, <laughs> happy to be here. What'd you say? I said, just happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> what don't you, why don't you like Grand Lake? What, what is it? You just haven't done been, well there. I mean, at least you're not getting hit by buses on the way there. Don't curse. We'll it. see. Oh, uh, don't say that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, at least I have excuse then. So I fished one tournament on FLW and it was, or on Grand Lake and it was yeah. FLW tour event. I think it was 2019, something like that. Mm. And it was legitimately the only tournament I've ever double zeroed in. Wow. <laughs> I did not catch a bass in that tournament. And they was brutal difficult, but I mean, I was still getting a few bites in practice enough that I was like, I'm going to be all right just because everybody was singing the blues and it was just brutal tough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, went two full days, never put a bass in the boat. Wow. <laughs> and, like, oh, dude, that's yeah. rough, that's man. So hard. Now I feel bad for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you do. You guys know Adam Bartuszek? Uh I know who that is. Yeah, for There's sure. Crappie Chronicle stuff. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah, he did that stuff filming. with uh, Matt Pangrak, right? Yeah, he does that too. So, yeah. like, he fished a Toyota down there on Grand, mm. and I'm pretty sure that's the only he ended up double zero in, <laughs> like last year on it too. So, like, we have that in common. Like, it's like really, honestly, the only lake where I feel like. I'd go there and like, it's a definite possibility. Yeah. Dang. Well, maybe, maybe you'll go in this year with that mindset and it'll just flip and, and it'll be wonderful. Maybe, maybe Christy will double zero. 
Hey, I mean, that's the thing. The other thing is I've never been there since forward facing sonar and I feel like I'm pretty good at that now. So hopefully yeah. that'll change some stuff and yeah. fish different than you used to. Yeah. Different like, ball game for sure. Cold, shallow, dirty water is definitely probably my weakest game. Okay. Or it used to be. So it changed now that you can see what's going on down there. You can have a little, a little more, bit confidence. more confident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you need to, you can come hang out with me and Nate on the Mississippi because that's kind of our MO is cold chocolate milk up shallow on rocks and stuff. So we can yeah. we can walk you through some stuff. I mean, but. see, if you add current to it, it's a whole different thing, though. That's like, true. You can figure it out. Yeah, that, is, that does make them way more predictable. But yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's do this. I, um, Harry Potter time. I was going to do the, the, well, do, 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 do. <laughs> Sorry. so is it true? Is that a real thing about you? You listen to Harry Potter books, like when you're traveling from, uh, from spot to spot. Yeah, I did a lot. I guess, I, I guess that would probably be like my one kind of superstition is I always listen. I have like a book on audio book that I'll always listen to on the way to the boat ramp in the morning. Okay. Yeah. I still listen to like when I'm driving around a lot of times, although I watch more YouTube and stuff now, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've had, I bet you I've listened through the whole series of audiobooks at least like 15 times. Probably, oh my gosh. Awesome. That's dope, dude. But yeah, we are, we are Harry Potter fans. Nate, you can just take a break if you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are our oldest daughter, Kennedy. She just, just turned like just turned uh, 14, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I have been trying to get her into Harry Potter for years. Like, and she Ugh. was like, oh, that's like nerd oh. stuff. And Dominic, our oldest son, he loves yeah, it. He likes like, it. He just thinks it's great. Yeah. And, and he's so, like, come on, Ken, watch it with me. She's like, no, it's lame. And she finally did. And now she's like obsessed. Yeah. Like she's like super into it, has seen all of them like two or three times she's going to london in uh june, Ju- june of this come of 24 she's going to like harry potter world she's going to some of the places they filmed and stuff so like we love it we love it but let me hit you with this first question this is nerdy but i like it uh, was dumbledore a hero or a villain austin he's absolutely a hero thank See, you my I hero <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love him <laughs> so the the idea is right like i i looked i i mean i just googled like Harry Potter questions that one came up and I'm like well that's stupid and I then I thought about it though but then I thought about it though he's constantly putting Harry sort of in harm's way so is mm. he doing that and and like that's life and he's trying to like disciple him and coach him along or is he doing it to like get to the end uh, that he needs to get to yeah do you know what I'm saying is that a dumb question Austin yeah. no I think uh, like I understand where you're going from that's a pretty deep question when it comes to Harry Potter questions like Seriously? yeah at the same time I don't feel like there was anybody <laughs> anybody harder on himself than Dumbledore was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of like, would you say is, is Snape a hero or a villain? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That yeah. one, that one's a little more easily like is a norm. Like, well, not easily, but I mean like no, that, that question trickier. makes a ton of sense. Like that, if, if somebody asks you that question, it's like, Oh sure. That's a good one. You but you both. ask hero or villain about Dumbledore and you're like, wait, what? Like he's the best. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so in yeah. the movies, outside of the books, which Dumbledore is better? The one who's like, hello, Harry, or the one who's like, hello, Harry? Which one do you like better? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how many did they go through? I think just two. Just I think two. it was the What's dude the... who was the old man in uh, the Count of Monte Cristo and then Gambon. 
And then, um, and then, yeah, the dude with like the voice. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty nasally. He was still um, dope. They were both awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. I would like, say, I would say the later ones, just because in general. So I'm a way bigger fan of like the books and the movies. I just, I love that. It it drove me crazy how much stuff they leaped out, and I don't yeah, know if you heard to, right? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about this new like HBO is coming out or is going to come out with a series and it's going to be like one season per book supposedly oh snap okay so like they'll be able to if they i'm hoping that they are able to like dive more into it and make it Mm -hmm. more like adult because that was like the thing the first book or two is like so childish and kitty and i understand it's but like as it progresses it becomes more like gritty more adult and stuff yeah yeah so like that's how i felt about the movies but yeah that's dope um, what what would you say was the saddest death? Dobie. Of, like the whole, of the whole like Dobie. Oh, oh dude, yeah. that is a rock. dude. Kennedy. You don't loved, like him. He. I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, I'm. I, I feel like in the I books, he's probably far more likeable. I think, I think he's, he's so far, cute. Yeah, and he's, he's so sweet. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's the most genuine character in there. Like, I think I actually completely, cried completely when he's like holding un- him on yeah. the beach. Ugh. Completely unpretentious and not fake. And yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, and like funny, in the I books know. where they have Harry like goes out and digs his grave by hand, and like his yeah. hands start oh. bleeding and stuff in the rain. Oh, be- and he proves he says he doesn't feel right using magic about magic it. Magic to bury him. Yeah, oh. yeah, like it's brutal. It yeah. Is. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. I cry now. I do. I do actually remember that scene. So I. I well, oh you've gosh, seen them, Nate. I didn't think you'd even seen them. Yeah, I've seen a handful of them. I I, okay. I I struggle to watch them all the way through most of the time, <laughs> but uh, but no, I do. I I have seen them. My, like your daughter, mine is uh is a pretty big fan of Harry Potter for some. Okay, girl, girl Madison. Yeah, she's got the Hogwarts shirts and <laughs> so coffee mug and whatnot. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, that's dope for sure. Uh, if um, if you could fish a team tournament with any Harry Potter character, who would it be besides Dumbledore? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like that's where you're gonna go right away, which is fine. But so I would do Hermione Granger when she has the Time Turner. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's that, this you dude's smart, good. dude. This dude's smart as crap, dude. <laughs> I like that. That was, smart. that was maybe the best answer of anything you said so yeah, far. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> All right, let's end on some fishing questions. We'll hold, we'll hold you up for a little bit more, Austin, <laughs> then we'll let you get out of here. Um, we super appreciate you um, taking the time to uh, to hang out with us tonight for sure, man. It means a lot to us. Um, let me kick it off with give give a give a, a piece of advice and it can be like something deep it can be like practice your casting whatever you want give some advice to anybody who's looking to like step it up um nate apparently is pointing at himself yeah, give some advice to nate guy. uh for anybody who's trying to take the next step whatever that looks like so that could be <clears throat> getting into tournaments that could be trying to go from a tournament guy to the guy that people are like scared when he shows up to the ramp that could be the dude trying to make it pro give some advice to somebody who wants to go to the next step of bass fishing tournaments um shoot i mean it's hard to like give advice for all those different levels. I'd say most of the time, like if I'm talking to high schoolers or younger kids, it's more when I get that sort of question. Mm -hmm. So 
what I usually tell them is figure out what you like and what you don't like as far as bass fishing, what you're good at and what you're not. Mm. And so if you like to frog fish, but you hate fishing deep and figure out who on your team or who around you loves doing whatever it is you hate mm. and fish with them or fish with somebody who has confidence doing what you don't like to do. Because once you gain confidence, I'm sure your your idea of it will change. And if you want to do it, if you want to fish professionally at some level, you're going to need to be able to be well-rounded enough to do everything. Like yeah. you can't go out and say, oh, I hate throwing a jig while you're throwing a jig because if you don't have the confidence in it, you'll be reeling it in before it hits the bottom, make another yeah, cast. That's exactly you right. Might, so like the main thing is figure, like my frog fishing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you fish the river that much though, you should love frog fishing. That's like the only yeah. time I throw one. <laughs> but uh but it's like, yeah, just figure out what you're good at, recognize what you're not good at, and figure mm. out who you know that either likes doing that or just is really good at it and try to fish with those individuals and that gets harder and harder the older and more advanced you get but like sure, kids yeah. in high school and stuff like that like it, it's it's still really easy just to i think that's great advice it. yeah that's really good advice yeah yeah um okay what about the classic do you have any predictions who's gonna win it how do you feel <laughs> uh i mean who's gonna i mean Christie's got to be number one with a bullet, doesn't he? Has to be by a long ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. Beyond that, it's it's Christie and everybody else. Like as far okay. as my predictions, like goal number one is to catch a bass. Like legitimately, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm not going to pre-practice because I haven't had a boat. Like I know a bunch of my buddies have gone out there and graft and pre-practice and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a boat since July, so like I wasn't able to do anything. And wait, what's pre-practice? Up. Like I know what that means, yeah, but I'm a, just saying a practice like, window practice, for the elites, but then, but like, then far enough like, out you can go, go on a scouting trip. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, thank you. So, like I got some buddies that have done that, but since I got in that wreck, I haven't had a boat since, so I haven't been able to do any of that. And my current boat won't be rigged until February, so. Okay. Well, honestly, though, man, not to get, not to come off as like fake uh, Tony Robbins here, like motivational speaker, but like it feels to me like your life has pointed you towards fishing through some sort of weird extenuating circumstances. <laughs> Who knows, man, maybe running into this one, like not having a boat until February and not being able to go out and, you know, just spend days side imaging and marking and you might come out there and just blow their socks off, dude. And I really hope you do. Yeah, that's the thing. I think there's always like one tournament a season that I'm not very excited about going into. Like last yeah. year I, I did really well on Sabine river and that's the one I was scared of the most. And like sure. two years ago, I topped 10 St. John's after, and you never like really think going to Florida is going to be your deal unless you right. live there or something. So like you don't know until you get there, kind of see the conditions, see what's acted. And if you can stumble onto something like it can change in a hurry. And all of a sudden so you, can, you can get that feeling. Like, like I still feel like given the right opportunity and if I can figure something out, I have the ability to win the tournament, but yeah, you definitely we'll do. See. Yeah. 
We believe in you. <laughs> yeah, we believe in you. Good luck, dude. Like truly, actually, all three of us. Good luck, man. Go yeah. kill it. And like you said, for you never, sure, especially sure. with, especially with the uh, with the evil, dreaded Slytherin forward-facing sonar. Like you know, like. I don't really think that about it. I have no beef with forward-facing sonar. I'm just I'm sick of hearing about the poop with it. But anyway, but like you said, with forward-facing sonar, that really does change the game. You don't know that you might not run into a couple mega schools that, you know, you just got lucky and found, and you just kill it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it, man. I'll be cheering for you. So uh, so what's what's one aspect of your game uh, leading into you know the twenty. 20- 24 season that uh that you'd say you want to work on the most or improve on rather um just florida in general probably would be like a good way of putting it like florida florida fishing is really weird like and you everybody says like if you talk to anybody it's it's such a crapshoot like yeah things change all the time the fish are so stubborn and so weather oriented, like the tiniest cold front will shut them down kind of deal. So it's really weird. We always go there every year and it's, you kind of hope and hope you get out of it. All right. Um, Between that and the first four regular season events, Texas and Florida are going to be the trickiest ones for me. Um, As far as, like techniques and stuff i i play around with techniques a lot so i feel pretty comfortable but i'm always trying to learn new stuff the last year or two i've been i really got into like glide bait and the big bait deal okay. and gotten into like the that forward fishing like jig minnow sort of deal mm-hmm. a lot more just because mm-hmm. that's kind of you try to stay on the forefront of like what's new and what's what's there and try to expand your knowledge and try to figure out new things people haven't figured out yet like that's that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. What's, like your, you, what's your uh, strong? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nate. No. Well, I was just gonna say. Do you think uh, kind of like the juggling of the elite schedule this coming year will will help you at all in Florida? Because instead of starting right away in Florida, now you're gonna start in Texas and then transition over to Florida. Well, do you think that'll help at all? Or I don't know. <laughs> I've never like. <laughs> We fish Florida every year that I've fished professionally, but we've mm. always started there. And it's right. always been February. Yep. So like I haven't spent April in Florida before. Oh. So like I don't really know. Like I have I'm really good friends with like the McMillans and stuff. And like I've talked to them throughout the years about fishing and kind of picked their brain about stuff, but it's like it's tricky down there. So like putting it into effect is totally different. So we'll yeah. have well I won't know until we get there what it's like. Yeah. Hopefully it's awesome. It will be. It will for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were talking about like glide baits and stuff. So what's your strongest technique? I mean, my strongest technique, I just I just summarize it into like northern smallmouth, whether that's drop shot, ned rig, tubes, yep. and swim baits kind of deal, like that whole deal, like the last two events of the of the year next year like i fully expect a top 10 both of them but wow okay do it but it's different because like i grew up doing that i have an advantage over most of the field because most of the field don't fish for smallmouth nearly as much as we do 
and those lakes don't change year to year so like if i have good spots if i have a a juicy boulder over here that's always got a big one on it like that boulder is not going to change like a grass line right. in florida yeah mm, like, i hadn't uh, thought of that oh that makes so sense like, so like so like lake ontario is absolutely gigantic but i show up there the first at the boat ramp and i already have 400 waypoints where i are like above average spots to start to like start trying to figure out where the fish are or whatnot mm. Yeah, that's dope. Um, what do you think is your weakest point in your game? Cold, dirty, shallow water. Oh, yeah, I guess you said that already. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I say unto you, cold. You could have just said grand, I guess. My, my yeah. weak point is grand. Yeah. Um, Nate, what was the... Um, what was the oh I think I stole your question, Nate, on what was something you wanted to improve this year? Um, let me ask you this. This is kind of a stupid one, uh, but I think it's sort of funny. Um, Austin. Uh you always hear people on podcasts, on videos say things to the effect of and I think this might be sort of relevant right now, like with the Jacob Fouts video and, and some of the other things of kind of happening in, in the industry, whatever. You always see people say, like, I couldn't do this without my sponsors. Is that true? Like, is that a real thing? Or could you do this without your sponsors? Yes and no. Um, okay. You can survive. So like four years of FLW, I think I made a total of seven grand in sponsorship money. And everything wow. else, like I stayed at float via earn winnings. Wow. Um, even my, like I wasn't even, the first year I got all my entry fees paid was my second year of the Elite Series. Okay. So like, you can do it, but it's very difficult. Like you have to be really consistent. And I'm talking about my last three years at FLW and my first two years on the elite series, I'd missed two checks a, a season. Wow. And other than that, I was making at least a $10,000 check per event and top tens and stuff like that. So like, like if you can get up to around, well, FLW is only six or seven events. So it's like, if you can get over 75 grand in winnings or at the, on the elites, if you can get to that 80, 90 grand in winnings a year, you can keep your head afloat, but I mean, you're not going to support a family. You're not going to sure. support a house payment and that kind of stuff on that. But if you're just traveling, living to fish, like Jacob Fouts, two years into his career, just trying to keep his head above water, like it's going to, like you can keep going, you can make it happen. And then hopefully you win one or you get your name out there. Like I didn't start making decent sponsorship dollars until after I won Oahe, to be honest with you. Okay. So, um, yeah, that was, that was going to be a question I was going to ask is if, if that tournament kind of changed stuff for you or catapulted, you know, yeah. uh, kind of your career. A lot of people always say, you know, it's a, you know, kind of a career changing thing. Um, but yeah, the year after Oahe was the first year where like I went into the season 
saying if I don't cash a check, I shouldn't be in debt. Hmm. If that makes any uh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's promising. But that's yeah. year seven, I think. Wow. Of my professional career. So it, it doesn't come quick for most people. Yeah. Slow and steady. Yeah, honestly. So like, let me ask you this then, Austin, like just to kind of follow up, um, y- you know, m- fishing professionally, it's not like the NFL or the NBA or whatever. Like y- y'all don't have agents. Like how do you guys learn to do these like business dealings in terms of like signing contracts with sponsors or um, sort of navigating through sponsorship, sponsorship changes and what's, you know, fair cost for Austin Felix to endorse Eris rods versus angler XYZ fishing for Daiwa. And like, how, how do you figure this stuff out? I, it's kind of trial and error. Cause I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like anything else in your normal job. Like you're not supposed to tell somebody else how much you make an hour or what your salary is. Right. Gonna deal. Like they mm-hmm. don't want you talking to other ang- anglers and some people do, some people don't, but you kind of, it's somewhere most of my sponsorship have come from connections I've made, like just being in the industry, like being at weigh-ins or just like knowing people who have introduced me to somebody. Like I've never gotten any sort of sponsorships by just sending out a resume and cold calling people trying to figure that out. Um, Okay. My era sponsorship actually showed up because they, messaged me on instagram wow. and i thought i honestly That's thought cool. it was kind of a joke like because you get a few <laughs> of those from like eddie's yeah. random eddie's baits or something rather hey, yeah. Wanna... Yeah. yeah and i'm like uh i guess we could think about it so i like basically like threw out a number i was like hey i need a this many rods and at least this much before you think about it. And they were like, we can discuss that. And I'm like, Oh shit, I guess I better, <laughs> better look into this a little bit more. Yeah. And realize that they awesome. were like, like this wasn't some like scam sort of deal, but most of it. Yeah. 90% of sponsorships come via connections. Somebody, you know, or just like somebody mm. you've met through the industry. That's the, that's really the only way I figured out how to do it. As far as how much you can get, a lot of it is for me, it's like how much can you afford kind of deal? Like mm-hmm. I know bas- what I want for a title deal and whatnot, but like, I'll tell them that. And it's like, listen, that's not the deal breaker. We can move it down. Like, tell me what you're comfortable with and we can figure out what that's worth. And yeah. if we can come to an agreement. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you just said trial and error, which makes sense when you're trying to figure out like the leader length on a drop shot, you know, but you're talking trial and error on like your dang life, like your career, your income, your finances. I, uh, I, I, I run a small little marketing firm um, and I uh, do video production and whatever. And I had a buddy online who did the same thing on a much larger scale. And he told me about, I'm not going to say the company cause I'm probably not allowed to. Um, but he told me about a video shoot he was doing for a car company, like a, like a real, not like a local, like come on down to Bob's used autos, but like a real car, like a major car company. And uh, he sat down like with their big wigs and they flew him out and they pitched him their idea for, him to direct and um they said how much do you think and uh he said well you know you're thinking uh actors shutting down a street uh this camera that camera blah 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 it's a pretty big budget what did you guys have in mind and he was thinking in his head he was going to charge them a hundred thousand 
mm. um, for this for this commercial. They came back. They're like, well, we were thinking somewhere in the three hundred fifty thousand dollar range, and he's like, oh yeah, I was thinking right around three hundred. <laughs> like because you know he was smart enough to not yeah. like put it all out there and i'm like yeah. dude i don't know that i would have the balls in a meeting like that to have like great. that conversation and i and, and, and for you guys this is your livelihood um have you always had a good business sense austin or is that just something you've picked up i know you said trial and error but i mean having conversations with companies like eris is it just sort of you know what i'm you know what i'm saying yeah i actually so back in college i actually designed my own major it was basically entrepreneurship and sustainability, like at the okay. University of Minnesota. Um, so, like, I kind of got an idea, public speaking, marketing, all that kind of stuff through that, mm-hmm. or at least a little bit. I, if I remember any of it, like, I couldn't read a balance sheet anymore, probably. But, <laughs> um, but it's just like I said, with the relationships you get at at that point, most of the time you're talking with somebody, you know, or a friend or somebody who understands your worth Mm -hmm. beforehand, but it's, it's also really fluid. Like it can be here today, gone tomorrow. Like one of my biggest sponsors last year, well, last year was the first year of a three-year deal, three-year contract we have, but all our contracts are like either party can leave at any, any time. That's the way they mm. basically are all written as long as you just give a little bit of notice. And okay. because of business issues, they had to ax me after the end mm. of the year. So that was just mm. kind of when you got a three-year deal, a three-year contract, and it's gone after one, you're like, well, that's when pick up the phone and start calling other people and see them if they want to yeah. increase, increase their support. Or if you find somebody new. Wow. Mm. Yeah. These are really cool. These are cool insights, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just always curious about that. Um, an, a, another quick follow up to that. You got thick skin. Are you a naturally thick skinned person? Does that kind of stuff, do you take that personally? No, not really at all. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you can't. I just didn't know if, like, naturally it was like, ouch, or if you're like, okay, cool, and you just keep moving. Yeah, it's one of those deals, like, once it happens, the same thing happens, like, if you're fishing a tournament and something happens on the boat, your boat goes dead, freaking. It's like, we can either complain about it or now that the problem happened, we just have to solve the problem. Yeah. Figure yeah, out what solving we can the do. problem with a poopy attitude isn't going to be helpful. <laughs> right. Just get to it and get. Tell them, Lola. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, I don't want to be the dude who spins out, but I, I do occasionally. And yeah, but yeah, thanks, thanks for all these, these, yeah. um, these answers, dude. Uh, Lola, give them, give them that last oh, yeah. one. I like this one a lot. And then we'll, we'll let you go. I promise. I just really enjoyed talking <laughs> to you, man. Um, who are some of your fishing heroes and why? Oh, fishing heroes. Number one would probably be Aaron Martins. Yes, dude. I only got to meet him once or twice at like the classic and stuff, but I felt like he was such a tinker and he was always like trying to expand the knowledge of like bass fishing 
as opposed to just like staying in his lane. Yes, dude. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly uh, right. And so like that's kind of what I try to do when I'm back home. Like when I go up to Malax, like whether it's like some obscure Japanese technique or new baits or like new ways to wig things, like I'm always like tinkering, trying to find the next cool thing. But I feel like he was like the master of that. Mm-hmm. So like like he'd be number one. Like everybody says Denny Brower, but Denny Brower from up here just like flipping a big jig and like yeah. grass and stuff. Yeah. And a few of them like like Hackney's like the coolest guy on the planet. Like everybody's like expects him to be like grumpy and like, like super scary. intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Which like on the water he can be, but off the water he's like the coolest guy to hang out with huh. and like mm. his ac- cool. accolades speak for himself and like the Absolutely. way he catches them. Yeah. But yeah, just like those for a few as far as yeah. fishermen people. That yeah, is. that's really neat. Yeah, the Aaron Martins one, man. I uh I never met him. I never knew him. I never anything, of course. And when I found out that he, you know, the 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 tumors or whatever it was, the brain stuff came back, and then you know, it was pretty quickly after that he passed. I, I like I teared up, oh, yeah. you know, just because, like you said, number one, he was incredibly intelligent and analytical, and never just took status quo and he was just so authentic. Like he always, he was just so friendly to people. And I read a story. I can't remember who it was about what specific guy, but it was a dude who was like a photographer or a videographer who would like basically follow the bass elites around, like do videos. And he had like a, um, like a GoFundMe to like fund himself doing that. And like, he would talk to Aaron Martins and Aaron would ask him how his GoFundMe was doing. And he'd be like, Oh, you know, I just need whatever. And then Aaron would just drop in like 500 bucks in his GoFundMe. And like, he was just a giving human being. And so, yeah, man, he was just, just the coolest guy ever. Just the coolest dude. Yeah, and you think about like forward facing now, like what genius things would he have figured out oh, with doubt. that? Golly. Yeah. Just considering what he was able to do with just 2D or just like yep. like I heard stories about him figuring out how to rig his his structure scan, his side scan, so he could run on plane with it still in the water and stuff and like tinker Whoa. with that kind of stuff. So it was just Jeez. like mad like, scientist. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what, what derby was it? It was an MLF derby. Was it table rock or Lake of the Ozarks or something? I remember one year was it, was it MLF? I can't remember. Anyway, it was where one of them got postponed or shut down so they went back like two derbies in a row to the same lake. Do you guys remember that? That was um, table rock. Wheeler it was table down. rock. Yeah, and he won that one where he's out drop shotting in like forty feet of water with like three and a half footers, just like rolling up against the bow, and I mean, and everybody else is like tucked into coves. He's out there drop shotting with a with a smile from ear to ear, just one after the. I mean, he beat like the closest competitor by like sixty pounds, you know, because he's just one after the other. And gosh, he was just such a cool dude, man. And he had a cool style, like the like the purple and stuff. Like he was way ahead of his time with purple because now it's starting to get kind of popular. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Nate, Lola, you got anything else for this dude before we let him, no, before we let him close up shop? I'm glad that I was able to join back in. Yeah. Hopefully one day, man, I know schedules are, are rough and whatever, but with you only being like an hour and a half away, it would be awesome uh, to have you come through sometime. We'll, we'll make you some killer tacos, uh, maybe some venison tacos or something. And uh, go fishing. we could have an in-person conversation. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Austin, for taking the time, man. No problem. I appreciate it. It was really fun. 
Yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, yeah, so best sure. of luck. Best of luck on the classic. Best of luck in 2024. I hope the the new model elite, uh, what do you call it? EX? Is that what it's called? XE. Yeah. XE. Yeah, yeah. I hope that thing comes together perfectly, man. It sounds like a heck of a rig. So thank you for joining us. Um, you can go ahead and hang up, and we appreciate you so much, Austin. Thank you so uh-huh. much. Peace. Right, Talk to you Bye-bye. Guys. Yeah. Here we go. All right, so that was Austin Felix, man. Um, dude is smart. Dude is authentic. Yeah. I think by his far. His little giggle. Yeah, his, his <laughs> laugh is so funny. It's so, like, contagious. Yeah. Um, I think by far my favorite thing about him was, again, this is a dude in a trophy room with just racks and racks, stacks on stacks of, of trophies that Nate yes. and I would give our left foot to have. And we say, what's your most – was it you, Nate? I think it was your. Yeah. You, what's your most memorable derby? And he says one with his dad. Yeah. What a freaking oh. cool dude, man. Love yeah, it. That's awesome. I know. Uh, I know. In 2024, he'll definitely be a guy I'm rooting for. That's that was that was awesome. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, I'll be cheering, especially especially at Grand. You know. Yeah. Because um, there is something sort of like, obviously on some level, but not as obvious on another level. That's sort of psychological about fishing. You know, between the ears, like. Um, I was talking to a feller at uh, at work the other day. Um, this old guy who's a, I think he's he was or is like a golf pro on some level. Whoa. And I was asking him like, why golf? Because he's like a he's like a pretty fit dude for being older, or whatever. I'm like, you could probably be playing anything. Why golf? And he's like, I just like how psychological it is mm-hmm. because you're trying to do the exact same swing, turn your hips the same way, move your wrists over the same way, whatever. Um, and I think in fishing, it's not that type of psychological, but I think it's like this going to a lake that maybe you've been beat up by or fishing with a lure that you're not as comfortable with, or I don't know. I think there's certain elements of between your ears that really, really factor in to fishing. Um, and so for him going to grand, I hope he just shows up and just shuts the freaking thing down. You know, yeah. just puts a hurting on him. I think that would be so dope. Because you know what's funny is like Christy is for sure the favorite to win. It's his, it's in his backyard, all that. But like things don't always pan out like that in your in your home derbies. Like they don't always go that yeah. way. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, I mean, most of the time it's it it doesn't. Or you know, the guy that kind of is expected to win, you know, kind of has a stumble towards the end or something like yeah. that. I mean. I can only think of, you know, two over the last, you know, quite a few years that have been one in, you know, their backyards. And that was what Eve were Evers on grand Edwin Evers on grand. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. uh, Casey Ashley and, uh, on Hartwell, you know, and those were, uh, yeah. both of those were a good, you know, good handful of years ago. So, yeah, that's what Austin should do. Cause Evers doesn't even fish bass anymore. He fishes MLS. But he can't, he can't talk to anybody though. So I know I'm just kidding. I'm, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not he can't talk to anybody though. Yeah. No, no, he can't. All the rules um, they got over there. Yeah, which I think makes so much sense for sure. So, um, dude, what an awesome episode. Super appreciate that guy, man. If, if anybody um, doesn't uh, follow him already on socials, it's all Austin Felix Fishing. Um, that's how you find him. Um, honest, sincere, hardworking dude. I think his story was one of my favorites we've ever had on the show. Just the sort of um, winding route to get to where yeah. he is meant to be. Yeah. I mean, like, 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 like the, the chance that his dad has a client who's a bass guy, then his dad gets into it. And then that kind of is the genesis for him. And then mm-hmm. goes to college is like, this is not really my thing goes away from college, goes back to college to fish 
And then that's what turns them on to like, oh, I could actually do this. Like there's some yeah. really neat little like points on a map that, you know, um, I think I said this quote on here before, but sometimes it's necessary to go a short distance out of the way to come back a uh, long distance the, the correct way. Mm-hmm. So like he might be, you know, all over the place, but he's getting to where he's supposed to be going. Yeah. Like this dude is supposed to be fishing. And I absolutely love that. Same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lola, Nate, you got anything else for you before we close her up? No, that was, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Thank you. Austin Felix. That was was fun. Thank you so much. And remember that positivity is worth the effort. It absolutely is. This dude embodies it. Yep. Yeah. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Peace. the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv